Welcome to the Metalist, where we discuss our top five personal favorites. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? We can all things metal, all things distorted guitars. If you dig it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget, rate and review, like and subscribe, give us a follow, maybe give us a share. Now, you know what time it is? What time is it? I'm ready for some fucking God Hammered. The And now your hosts, David Delo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is the Metalist. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, it's the Metalist podcast. I'm David, and I'm Jason. So today we're going to talk about a band that I'd say, for the most part, is pretty near and dear to our hearts. Has a very interesting trajectory overall. We're talking about from the Bay Area, Machine Head. Jason, what was your first exposure to Machine Head? What was my first exposure? Yeah. Okay. First of all, we do kind of have to talk about something. (laughs) That's true. I didn't really want to. Okay. So quick story. I decided, you know what? I got to protect my energy. I'm taking a social media break. Fair. Um, It's not really the right way to do it. I mean, it's a way to do it, but it's shitty for me to just get away from everything. When there's a lot of people who can't, they don't get that decision. They don't get to just get away from everything. Yeah. And what's happening, and what's been happening for a long, long time, is fucking bullshit. Our fucking, and the reason I'm talking about this is because of the band we're talking about. Yes. This band, I, I know a lot of people don't like Rob Flynn. And I know a lot of people that don't necessarily like his vocals. <laughs> Specifically, he's singing. And I'm like, okay, I get that. You don't like the way the guy sings, fine. But there's a lot of people that don't like this dude because of he's very outspoken when it comes to politics, religion, but more importantly, prejudice and race. Mm -hmm. He's always been like that. I have people when that new shit came out and fucking people talking about like, oh, when did they get all political? They've been that way. Yeah. For a long time. And honestly, so has Metallica, so has mm-hmm. Megadeth, so has Anthrax. Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Metal was built on politics, religious themes. And a lot of it, honestly, is anger towards it. And it's anger that should be there. It's anger to the, all the bad shit that comes from all these things. It's a reflection. Yes. And, and it's, it's a 
it's there's a rage behind it granted it's a very directed fucking rage and not all i mean i'm not saying all fucking songs are like that i'm just saying like this music that we all fucking love is built on that fucking anger and that rage from those things and so trying to think of how i want to fucking say this fair we are in the midst of an unprecedented fucking happening right now you know we've had we had the watts riots there was riots in chicago Mm -hmm. there were riots in boston years ago mississippi Mm -hmm. all throughout the south i mean let's just be real there yeah um generally though if you know uh well a couple years ago ferguson yeah generally though those are riots happening in a single part of a single city yes we are now seeing multiple fucking riots in multiple fucking cities all over the fucking nation yeah and the world now too yes and i'm telling you right now it's dangerous and sometimes it lacks direction but it is absolutely fucking necessary Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you fuck around too much. When you fucking bully someone hardcore as specifically white males and white males in power have for as long as they have, eventually. That fucking person that's getting bullied or those people are going to punch back. Yep. Now, is it the right way? I don't know. I don't know what the right way is, the wrong way is. I don't know if it's fucking revolution or what. I don't know that. I just know what I fucking have seen. And on one hand, it's very disturbing because it's not, um, you know what I mean? I can handle some pretty heavy shit. It's just not easy to watch it's not easy to fucking see and it's not easy to fucking know about you know but i'm just gonna fucking say right now if you are the fucking kind of person that thinks what those fucking cops in minnesota fucking did and not just those fuckers man like all these fuckers all of them they've been doing it for fucking so long not just cops i'm talking about people keeping black people from being ceos of companies people fucking essentially anyone that has been trying to fucking keep you know black people down if you're down with any of that and i'm talking down for it like not necessarily you're doing it but i mean if you're trying to fucking rationalize it Mm -hmm. you're trying to justify it dude you're getting a huge fuck you from me Mm -hmm. and i don't give a fuck if i'm related to you or if we've been friends since fucking we were kids i don't give a fuck if you are fucking okay with it, you have no business in my fucking life whatsoever. I want to have nothing to do with you. And honestly, like, I was hesitant to fucking say something on the podcast because we're still trying to grow it and I want fucking listeners. But you know what? I don't want listeners listening to this shit that's down with that shit. Same. You're a fucking piece of shit. You are the fucking problem. And I'm fucking sick of it. And you can just fuck off. That's why this shit's happening in the first place. Fuck yeah. And it's like, 
you know, not trying to fucking compare it to what black people go through. Because here's the thing. As metalheads, you know, especially like me growing up where I grew up in a Mormon fucking town, looking different than everybody else, wanting to be different than everybody else. And me personally getting marginalized and profiled on a fucking daily basis. That's nothing, nothing close to what they've had to deal with. It's not even fucking close. And it fucking sucked for me. Yeah. I can't even fucking imagine how bad it sucks for some of these fucking people, man. Because at no point in time, as hardcore as it was for me growing up, at no point in time was like my fucking safety in question. My life wasn't in question at that fucking time. I wasn't fearing for my life. It just fucking sucked. Yeah. You know, the like a lot of these guys, man, a lot of these women, you know, fear for their life. Also, man, I mean, a lot of them, you know, when you look at fucking numbers and shit, and it's like everything from fucking education to fucking employment, like it's fucking ridiculous and it needs to fucking stop it's fucking horseshit yeah conversely incarceration numbers and fucking you know the statistics are very 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 not in favor of of black men specifically and black women but it's it's been a thing for a very long time and i think people have just had enough understandably so and that's the thing too you know we would never completely understand. We only get hints of it from what we can see, and all we can do is lend our support. Yes. Fucking A. So this goes out. Black Lives Matter, folks. Fuck yeah. Having said all that, I'm going to try and fucking not be in like a fucking shitty, super fucking serious mood. But last night I was listening to a couple songs, and like fucking lyrics were hitting me, and I just sat here silently screaming flexing every muscle in my body, just fucking trying to let anything out because I was so fucking mad at like all of this fucking stuff. I already have a pretty fucking big hatred for people in general. Yeah, same. And then shit like this happens. It and, I mean, it, yeah. and, and honestly, it's not just this fucking stuff. It's not the fucking riots and the protests. It's, it's been happening. It's just like, you know, Will Smith said, like, racism hasn't ended. It's just being filmed. Yeah. And, and absolutely. And honestly, like, it sounds weird, but, like, a lot of the reason I know it fucking happened, even when I didn't, they didn't show it on the fucking news. You know, you didn't see a lot of this fucking stuff. But a lot of the reasons why I fucking do know about it is, like, a lot of fucking, like, rap artists. Yeah. They weren't making that shit up, man. No, that, exactly, yeah. That was real fucking, that's real shit. There were ways to find out about this, and a lot of people turned a fucking blind eye to it, man. And it's like, fuck, man, now? No, everybody fucking knows what's going on. Everybody mm-hmm. knows what fucking time it is. And now it's no longer, oh, well, you know, he doesn't listen to rap music, or he doesn't have any fucking, any black friends, or he doesn't live in a fucking urban or an area where that sort of thing is happening and so they may not know yeah they're not down for it they're just ignorant to it and that's just how you know a lot of people were ignorant to a lot of things back then 
that's not the case anymore. So now you have no excuse. Yep. Out in the open for everybody to see. Yes. So my first exposure to Machine Head was a blockbuster music. Huh. R.I.P. Actually, wait, no. That was my second exposure. My first exposure was the Demon Knight soundtrack. Ah, okay. I borrowed it from a friend because it had like a, a Megadeth song that I love that we'll get into that on a different episode. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think that was the only fucking song on it that I, that I, I, I think it might have been like one of the only bands I really was interested in hearing on the, the soundtrack. But there was quite a few bands on that soundtrack that I hadn't heard. So instead of like most soundtracks and there's, oh yeah, there's these songs by these bands. I'm going to record those songs and not listen to the rest of it, whatever. I happened to listen to the entire fucking album and I heard the fucking song, My Misery. Is it the, isn't it like the third or fourth song on there or something like that? I'm not sure. I haven't looked up the fucking track list on that in a long fucking time. I don't think it's on Spotify because I had to get My Misery off of a special edition like live album yeah you know somebody made from, if, if uh, there's not a soundtrack on there somebody will usually compile the songs on a playlist or something like that yeah i'm looking it up right now but <clears throat> um i heard that fucking song yeah, and I'd be, okay, so Cemetery Gates is on it. I already heard that. Mm-hmm. I knew who Henry Rollins and Rollins Band was, and I knew who Biohazard was. The one I really wanted was Diadems by fucking Megadeth. Yes, it, it's um, My Misery is the third song on the soundtrack. Right. And I also wanted the it, – it was, it was like a B-side for Sepultura. Yeah. I, oh, uh, Policia. Yeah. And then – you know, I mean, by that time, I'd already heard Hey Man, Nice Shot. Like, yeah, I knew who the Melvins were. I just wasn't a huge fan of the Melvins. But the one I really wanted was that fucking Megadeth song. And the one I ended up really fucking just falling in love with was the Machine Head song. <laughs> right on. That, and this is funny. So I, I was hanging out with this death metal dude, right? And and he, you know, he was, I think we were listening to it or, or no, we weren't listening to it. He'd asked me if I'd heard anything new lately. And I was like, yeah, dude, like you got it. You know, this fucking song, my misery by this band called machine head. And he was like, Oh, who's who, like, what's that like? This is how I described it. <laughs> it's like the opposite of Nirvana. Mm, interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. So music wise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I said it was like Nirvana. Because Nirvana has this one song, I think it's called Breed, where it's like the bass is like down 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 right? And the guitar is just So that was like the opposite like Van Halen, right? Where Eddie Van Halen's playing the riff and Michael Anthony's just running on that fucking note, right? Yeah. Uh most Judas Priest songs, like all that sort of thing, right? So this was the opposite of that. It was the guitar just running on the root note and the bass was actually playing the riff, right? Yeah. So my misery is the same kind of way. You had the guitar, the fucking. And they have the bass line that's going. Like, 
so I, I actually described it as a really heavy version of a heavier version of Nirvana. I could see that. I mean, now I see it. I'm just I, I, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but also also worth if mentioning. You, I mean, ridiculous in the sense if you were trying to convey. What, yeah, what no. That fucking song is. Yeah, but if that's all you got, you know, for your reference point, I, I get it. And it's worth noting, Nirvana or uh, Mega or damn dude, Machine Head covered Nirvana, uh, Negative Creep. So yes, link to be held there. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so that was my that was my first exposure, and shortly after that, I was in a blockbuster music. I think I've said it on the show before. I had a they had listening stations, and I had two CDs I wanted to listen to, and it was Carcass Heartwork and Machine Head Burn My Eyes. And oddly enough, I walked out of there with Carcass Heartwork and not Machine Head Burn My Eyes. So. <laughs> Which I mean, obviously, I ended up with later, but yeah, but um, both classic records in their own right, <laughs> both produced by Colin Richardson. Colin Richardson, yeah. So I mean, that was that's kind of where it all fucking started for me. What about you? So it's a little different for me because I'm starting to get a little more acquainted with things. Some years after that, I get what is it? Garage Inc. Right by Metallica in the christmas of 1998 i think it is and you open up the booklet and there's pictures of them you know it was like all the pictures of them recording the old covers which is what the second disc is and then all the pictures of them recording the new stuff for that first disc and one of the uh jason newstead in one picture is wearing a machine head the more things change hoodie and so i was all oh i'll have to keep an ear out for this okay and going back, I always talk about loud on much music in the late nineties, George Strombolopoulos hosting. There's an interview with machine head. And this is the first time I'm exposed to these guys and their music. And because it's the late nineties, they're on the burning red. So my entry point to machine head was the burning red. And the first song I heard was from this day with the, <laughs> You know, if you've seen the pictures or you've seen the video, you know. But man, that's they just, got a lot of shit for that. Yeah, but that's just what was <laughs> happening at the time, man. Like, I didn't know any different, you know? Absolutely. And actually, we'll we'll get to that when we maybe we can go through the albums a little bit. Because they yeah. have so, so many different fucking things going on. Yeah. And spoiler alert, I still love the Burning Red, man. I don't give a fuck who doesn't. It's a great album, dude. Yeah. Granted, it's not without its fault. Some things age poorly more than others, but the shit that works on there still really works. That That's a prime example of Ross Robinson working in the favor of a band, you know, especially because it was still the 90s. It was the end of all that shit, and that's, that's when the trajectory was still good for all that. Uh, having said all that, then sometime down the line, Loud showed the video for Davidian, and I was like, oh, this is the same band? shit and that's oh. all they had for a while man because after that um supercharger didn't come out for another couple years and that's a whole other story that we'll get into later and ever since then there's kind of been i've been on the trajectory with everybody where it's like where where does machine head stand in the grander scheme of things uh which is kind of where we're at right now have you listened to catharsis at all uh i've listened to most of it Actually, I haven't listened to any of it. Uh, it's interesting, man. I'll just say that. You know what I did listen to, though? What did you listen to? Was I think it's their newest single called Circle the Drain. 
Yes. Okay. Dude, that's a really good song. It's good. It's, it's, it's not shreddy, thrashy, melodic. Uh, not melodic death metal, but lot melodic. I don't know what you call it because they have the, you know, those string skippy type fucking riffs. I got you. That's kind I'm, of associated with that. It's it's not that. It's more like. It's it's almost more like a, uh, and it's a weird genre for me to say, but melodic metalcore. Yeah. Or melodic hardcore. Like yeah. that's kind of more what it's like. I mean, it is along the lines of like something like the Ghost Inside or Architects or. It's, um. A day to remember like it's yeah. got that kind of catchiness to it that kind of simplicity but it's like it's it's really cool i actually really like that fucking song yeah have you have you listened to any of the other singles they put out uh in recent times i don't remember if, if, if there's I anybody haven't. okay because they have if there's anybody out there is their biggest song on spotify and i don't that wasn't attached to an album that's when they were just doing the singles which is what i assume these last couple songs are and that I don't remember if that came out before or after Catharsis. I, I want to say before, and that was a reaction to Phil and Selmo that one night at uh, the Dime Bash, 2016 or 17 or whatever. And that was a drastic departure from whatever the album before that was. I think it was Diamonds and Rust. Real quick, do you want to get into Blood a little Stone break? And diamonds. That's what. Yeah. What did I say? Diamonds and Rust. That's that's fucking. <laughs> That's the Joe. Judas Priest Joan Baez cover, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to do you want to do a little break by uh, down album by album to kind of contextualize all this? Because I think you're talking about a band that started as one thing and has been many things since. Oh yeah, I mean, so obviously most people know. I mean, you know, actually, I don't know. Like, there was a band, there was a thrash band called Vio Vio Hyphen Lens yeah. Violence with. Uh, it was Phil Demel and, and Rob Flynn, I mean, mm-hmm. and other dudes. They were kind of like a third, fourth tier, like not anything really great. Yeah. Um, and like I know I'd, dudes I'd, that love violence. I just, yeah, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's like third or fourth, you know, generation thrash. Yeah, right? like, I mean, especially vocally. It's just one of those guys is like, yeah. you know, like it, it's, it was very, I mean, there was a lot of thrash bands like that. Yep. Um, Nuclear Assault to me was the only one that worked with yeah. vocals like that. But like that was kind of how the vo- how it was vocally. It wasn't all that great. But I mean, they were really young too. I think all of the guys in that band were really young. Yeah. And you know, and then they ended up. You know, that band broke up, and um, so Adam and fucking Rob had known each other for fucking ever. I guess or no. Adam and Logan knew knew each other for like for a long time. In fact, they started playing together. Logan Mater was the one that basically introduced heavy metal to Adam Deuce. Hmm. And so Adam met Rob Flynn and it was something about a fucking like two gangs gotten a big old fucking scrap. I don't know if they were on opposite sides or if they were on the same side. I don't know, whatever. But anyway, they got introduced to each other. And Adam, you know, they, well, let's start a fucking band. And Adam brought on Logan and a different, you know, a, a different drummer. They'd been through a couple. And then ultimately what happened was they had the, the guy, Chris Contos, who went on to do a band called Conqueror, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. K-O-N-K-H-R-A. But they got some really cool shit, especially the first album. Yeah. Um, that doesn't matter. This band kind of for a while was kind of changing members a lot mm-hmm. um 
well, specifically other guitar players, I guess. Well, I don't know. Anyway, they put out Burn My Eyes, and it's 1994. It's clear that they were, I mean, they were doing these harmonic things with their guitars. Anybody that hadn't heard Neurosis by that time, probably this was, this was, to me, this was Machine Head really bringing a lot of different things to people's attention. You know, bands like Neurosis, yeah. uh, bands like even Biohazard, oh, yeah. to some degree, which I think at the time probably Biohazard was, Biohazard was bigger. Yeah. They were still bringing it to a different group because they were bringing Biohazard to like a thrash audience. Yes. Because, and they were bringing like urban style, rap style, hip hop style uh, grooves to metal mm-hmm. while also bringing a Rage Against the Machine esque protest, damn the man, you know, stand up and fight fists in the air, like kind of lyrical themes also yeah to the table it had only been about two years since the la riots you know stemming from rodney king and all that so there was still a bit of that in the air and you know oakland in the 1990s that's a whole thing to itself yeah i'm from the bay area i didn't spend a whole lot of time there it's not like i grew up there but i mean i'm from there we went there all the time and it's always been like you just always knew about oakland yeah <laughs> you know like i mean you still do to a degree i don't know if it's gotten worse or better or what but it's pretty bad yeah. i was just up there a couple of years ago and it's pretty bad but but they brought all this stuff and mashed it into one huge band and it really i mean honestly like i think burn my eyes and i don't know i've never I've, i guess i haven't looked at an article about like you know albums that changed the landscape of things but man this has to be on there it's uh, you know what it was was last year because it was the 25th anniversary there was all the retrospective stuff specifically rob flynn coming out of violence he talked about being really dissatisfied where metal was at you know especially probably in the bay area you know if it's all thrash kind of being on its way down if you're not metallica or you know megadeth or whatever his whole thing was he had kind of been disillusioned where with where metal was at. So he his whole thing was he was trying to revitalize it and freshen it up with new ideas. Like you mentioned, the biggest one arguably is Biohazard. You know, also Chromex. He says he came bio. Or you said Machine Head originally came from hardcore more than metal, and there was also what was happening with gangster rap, and like you said, Neurosis, and like just what was going on in alternative. It was a collection of ideas put into metal to revitalize it and make it its own thing. Burn My Eyes is like the only time they're ever that band. You know what I mean? Because then you get varying shades down the line. And this was also a time when Rob Flynn was dealing and doing meth and heavily in gang, you know, involved in some pretty gnarly gang stuff. Like, like, like they, this is like scary biohazard when he had the fucking cornrows and like all those dudes, you know, it's just that this was like an outlaw ass band in the truest sense, man. And, there's a tangible energy that's present here that isn't, you know, obviously they have varying degrees of great stuff, but like, this is like really, really, I don't know how to phrase it other than just like primal biohazard or excuse me, machine head, you well, know, it's really groundbreaking 
Yeah. Like in a lot of fucking ways, you know, I mean, fuck you start, you fucking, you have a fucking song where the chorus is fucking let freedom ring with the shotgun blast. Yeah. And it's called Davidian. Yeah. When did Waco happen? 92, 93. I, something like that. If you want to know what, I didn't know what Davidian was f- until years. Oh, later. really? Yeah. I was just like, Oh, that's a weird name for a song. And I didn't understand what it was or what they were talking about for years, man. Now you got to right, right. let me see. Yeah. Cause I mean, I was like 20 when this came out, like, you know, and I was just a fucking pissed off fucking kid. Like, you know, but then you had, you know, the song old has the fucking, you know, the chorus is basically Jesus wept. Yeah. You know, you have oh, funny story about a thousand lives. I'll just tell it real quick, man. Like, so we were trying out a new drummer and his buddy was out there with him. And we were, we had the song We're at the end of it. And, and dude, like, thousand lies had just come out yeah. well i mean burn my eyes had just come out this you know so this is relatively sorry this is relatively new shit and a thousand lies wasn't necessarily my favorite fucking song on the album although i will say this man side one on this album is fucking ridiculous yeah i mean the whole thing like, front to back is awesome like, oh yeah dude but i mean holy fuck dude yeah but we were telling this kid, we had the song that would slow down and then it slowed down more and then it slowed down more. I was fucking just telling the fucking kid as we got to the part, like slow, you know, and he slows down. Then I'm like slower. I'm just on the mic, right? I mean, I'm not singing anything. I'm just telling slower, you know, and then we fucking break it down. And then I'm like slower. And then we break it down more. And I was like, cool. His friend looks at me and he's like, not not directly after that, but at some point in time after that, his friend looks at me, he's like, you know, oh, big Machine Head fan. And I had no idea what he was talking about. I was like, oh, I fucking love him. Like, and I actually think I said was like, um, oh, because the pinch harmonics? <laughs> or yeah. not pinch harmonics, just the regular harmonics. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, we you know do that sometimes too, you know, but I mean, I fucking love Machine Head. I had no idea that he was talking about the part in A Thousand Lies where Rob's all slow. Oh yeah. Okay. Slow. I had no idea for the longest time that that's what he was talking about. I and then hmm. one day I'm listening to A Thousand Lies and I'm like, <laughs> it's like, dude, oh, that's what he meant. All you becomes know? clear. But I mean, that fucking dude, like A Thousand Lies, been told a thousand times. Like, mm-hmm. it's just you know this this damn the man kind of fucking thing none but my own has that fucking straight up just fuck that that fucking like that is straight hip-hop rap groove hardcore groove that you know fucking then you know the end of that fuck i mean there's no time to pray like oh fuck dude yeah the rage to overcome a nation on fire like you know realize realize real lies so apparently that's the the one that's about the the riots yes that has a ton of fucking that that has a ton of samples from news uh, clips from the rodney king riots and then block which is just like pretty much a standard fucking hardcore song 
Yeah. Have you ever heard the original version of it when it was called Fuck It All? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one that got him signed was they made that promo video. Uh, and it was called Fuck It All because, you know, it's in the song. But like, like the really gnarly one was they have the actual video of Bud Dwyer killing himself at the very end. Really? Yeah, dude. Like if wow. you can find that video, it's really gnarly. Um, um, but yeah, they got, you know, the rule for the rule is blood for blood, which is like a really hyper song. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty fucking upbeat, fast paced. Sorry. And then death church, which actually in the liner notes, they did say in, on death church, they thanked some guy for having them slow it down, hmm. which I thought was weird because I've heard several people say they thought the song would be better if it was faster. Interesting. But I would, I would almost dare say thematically, this is probably the most cohesive album. Yeah, I uh, well, sort of. I to me, well, <laughs> so here's the thing, man. If you asked everybody, like after the Blackening came out, everybody would say that the Blackening is the best Machine Head record. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, thematically, that one's pretty dead on, and. That one is, you know, later on in the career, they did get a lot more focused on like a specific type of song that they were writing. Yeah, but and a this, sound they were going for. Yeah, but where they were hyper is, experimental. No, yeah, for years and, and like more progressive and whatnot. But this is like way more like focused and it's way more visceral. That's the word I was looking for, visceral. Yes, this one more so than the next. Th- three i would say yeah and the other thing is this is the one that like a new generation's first getting into they could give two fucks about the blackening from what i can tell this is again because i think this is a little more you know immediate and like this is a little more it's it's way more just one thing all throughout not completely and it's less like uh like you go to the blackening i mean that's like compositions man exactly yeah i mean those songs are the level of songwriting on the blackening is fucking out like it's outrageous it's crazy it's like holy shit yeah yeah i mean i listened to that fucking album like two times last night damn (laughs) like i mean it just because i haven't heard it a whole lot and and it was just like motherfucker dude like it really was like somebody just saying we're it's it's almost like someone trying to say we're going to write the ultimate songs. Yeah. For for an entire album. Yeah, for a whole album. It, it's crazy because I'm just going to say it right now, just so I don't have to say it later. That whole album is my is one of my honorable mentions. Fair enough. But because I can't pick anything off of it. It's a fucking amazing album, dude. Like and it was largely overlooked by me. I mean, um just it was just a timing thing. Mm-hmm. But damn, dude, like that album's fucking crazy. But yeah, that's focused in another way. That's focused in more composition where this is more of a focus on a feeling. Yeah. An it, idea. It's a capturing of a time and place, which is a very ugly time and place, but it's, oh, but yeah. it's there, man. And it's, yeah, man. I think that's why a lot of younger people are connecting with what's one is because of the energy. And it's crazy to think like this was over a quarter century ago but it still holds up musically a, but like also thematically dude, it's like more relevant than ever. You know, if not one, it was before it's, you could start fucking posting lyrics from this song right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I wake up was and apparently it, 93. So it was like, right oh, okay. before. Yeah. And I mean, you wouldn't be 
you would be dead on for what's happening right now. Yeah. Crazy, man. So then, and that's, that's pretty indicative of what I was trying to say before, where this shit has been going on for a long time. Cause mm-hmm. this is just 25 years of it. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Right. You know, this is just 25 years ago, you know, but we move on to the more things change and they had a completely different sound. So burn my eyes. That's yeah. another thing that was, that sounded more like a thrash album, a really well-produced thrash album had that real scoop guitar sound. Mm-hmm. Um, that really like ultra polished sound where the more things change comes out and it's way fucking grittier, mm-hmm. you know, and you start off with a fucking song like 10 ton hammer. That's just a fucking huge banger, like just a fucking mosh jam. And then right into fucking take my scars, which is like a real bouncy kind of tune. Yeah. And I mean, talk about harmonic fucking city, you know, that fucking bow now, 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 it's like yeah. it's all fucking just one harmonic yeah you know struck a nerve which is one of their faster songs you know bow down to none is more like something off of burn my eyes same with the front lines i think front lines is kind of the same type of thing that would be on burn my eyes but dude then you get into the back half and it's like spine reminds me of like what would you call it spine kind of reminds me of a cross between like burn my eyes and something more like uh like more of a like a hardcore song right you know and then if i remember right i thought i think um yeah bay of pigs is more like that faster hardcore song mm-hmm. you know and it's but it's got that chorus dude that fucking bow now down down now down down now down you know it's it's got it's like it's almost like ultimate fucking biohazard right you know it seems like they went more in that direction on this one yeah and then violates a lot slower blistering is uh it's again it's mid-tempo they really you know have you ever seen the fucking meme that said like um i can't remember what it was but it was like all the older thrash bands like right around like 1990 the mid 90s all of a sudden it was like all of them just decided they wanted to do groove metal <laughs> no but i mean that's pretty <laughs> that's accurate kinda, it's kind of what happened yeah i kind of want to see that now you know and the blood of the zodiac I straight up has a fucking morbid angel riff in it like you know i the 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 fucking part that's um it's it's the the main rip the double kicks and it reminds me of something that would be on like domination right you know and then obviously that the rest of the song is the rest of the song you know and then so i mean even that's not quite as more experimental well, okay so it's more experimental but it's more experimental less hip-hop rap side and more into the hardcore side mm-hmm. a lot more where then we get to the burning red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 1999, this is about where I would have come around, right? And that's, you know, Ross Robinson's the biggest fucking thing on the planet. That same year he's doing um, Slipknot, the oh. first Slipknot record. Was this the same year as Vanilla Ice or was that the year before? I think it was the year before. Okay. I feel like he did one other record that was really big. I know he produced 
the first glass jaw record that year, but it didn't come out till the following. But still, Ross Robinson still pretty much for the most part, you know, shit white hot dude in 1999. So it makes sense that they would wanna they would wanna tap him to do this while the momentum's still there. Well, you know what's weird though. So all these people fucking, I hear I've, for years, I've been listening to people say like, oh, this is Rob Flynn trying to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. I actually think he raps more on Burn My Eyes than The Burning Red. Because really all you have is Desire to Fire. Yeah. And From This Day. Yep. Yep. I, There's, I, yeah. This almost has more grunge type songs than, like to me. If you're gonna say what is the burning red, I'm gonna say it's the he- it's where they tried to infuse he- like heaviness into like a grunge sound, mm-hmm. and that's because of songs like Silver, um, and Five. Mm-hmm. Loves fucking both those songs, by the way. Now, there's a lot of like rap groove on this songs like Nothing Left. Yeah. Um. I think I defy. And then they have like the really, you know, the um, kind of like the slower one. Um, the burning red. And that's kind of like the, the I'm your God now of, of this one. Yeah. Um, I like that song too. Yeah. I like both of them. Yeah. Specifically Colin Richardson, that bass sound on fucking the intro of fucking I'm your God now. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah butter dude yeah also but, worth noting this is the first album with the at the time new guitar player ahur luster or yes. Aru luster i should say um and that kind of maybe dictated a little of why it sounds a little different yeah this was you know basically logan was essentially fired from the band because he wanted to play with soulfly mm-hmm. and huh i didn't know he's canadian who uh aru logan mater Logan Mater's Canadian? I yeah, he's born in Montreal. Huh. You learn something new every day. So, um, okay, so I guess we should say that too. Like with um, The More Things Change, that's when they got Dave McLean from Sacred Reich. Right, yeah, yeah. Who is awesome. Yes. And then they lost Logan. Mm-hmm. And they got Aru, who later left for Il Nino. I, I don't know that it was that he left for El Nino. It's more so... Okay, I, well, we'll get to that after um, right, right. Supercharger because there is a story there. Also worth noting, though, is, um, you know, you can't... There, that, it got tagged with the new metal thing a lot. You know, there's certain things to back that up. There's other that aren't. But it is worth noting, in the height of the new metal sensation where every band had to cover, like, one song from the 80s, they have Message in a Bottle by the police on here. Now, I haven't listened to that in a long time, but I remember liking it when I was 14, but that was a long time ago. So, uh It's a very good cover. Yeah, okay, just making sure. I Yeah, they again, I I like the way Rob Flynn sings. Now, yeah, he's same. not he's not a pretty singer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's not classically what would you call it? Classically pretty. Inclined. Yeah. He's He's more of like a Eddie Vedder type, even Lenny Kravitz type, where they're not, they don't sound like a classically trained singer. They sound like somebody who just has a lot of feeling in it and is just giving it everything they got, mm-hmm. you know. But, but yeah, you you have the message in the bottle cover, 
But I mean, dude, you have songs like, like the blood, the sweat, the tears. You have one yeah. of the heaviest fucking songs they've ever written, Exhale the Vile. And then you have yeah. Devil with the King's Car, which is just Phil Anselmo screaming in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, over top of this fucking heavy ass song. I mean, this song is like, it's really weird. It's because you have like one, two, three, like, you know, really heavy fucking songs. You have probably two songs that are kind of rappy as far as like his vocals. Yes. Right. And then you have kind of the stuff like nothing left and silver and I define five and to some degree message in a bottle that are more like machine head versions of grunge songs. Obviously they have that. They still have that hip hop groove kind of element to them. Mm hmm. But I remember people saying they fucking sold out and fucking Rob Flynn's just rapping all the time. I'm like, where? Like, like you listen to fucking Numba by own and he's essentially rapping on that. Yeah. Listen to Block. He's kind of rapping on that. It's always I, been I, I don't. There. Yeah, it's always fucking been there. I never understood why people other than the way they looked. Yeah, that's true. because I'll tell you right now. That's the thing that fucking surprised me. He straight up looked like Power Man 5000. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, what the fuck? But I also thought everybody looked like that. Yeah, I think it was just a symptom of the time and where everybody was at. Uh, Fear Factory looked like that. Uh, Max Cavalera had that weird red hair thing that had been there since um, Roots at the very least, right? Which is a funny coincidence title there. Um. It's just, yeah, it's, again, this is where I came in. So like, at at this point, this was where everybody was weird. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, and and you know, what's weird too, is there's a lot of fucking metal people that consider this time frame where the reason to hate this time frame is because, because it got weird and, and metal died and fucking blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's like, no, it just, people started experimenting with it. Yeah, to dude, see that, where they could go with it. Yeah, and that's why I love this time frame so much, dude, is like it didn't have to just be the same thing it had always been. This is like where, it, you know, like people were more willing to try different things and test the boundaries. I fucking loved it. And, you know, I think everything we've had since then is a rubber banding of, okay, it went too far. And so we they kind of had to feel like they had to ring it back in in the mid-2000s or late-2000s or whatever, right? And now everything's yeah. just kind of whatever. I don't think anybody gives a shit. Everybody can do what they want. But like in mass, like that's, if anything, this era fucking saved metal because like nobody would be interested anymore. This is because of, you know, people trying different things and bringing in new ideas, bringing in a new audience that things are still allowed to continue the way they have been, you know? Dude, there's a reason why hair metal fucking died out. Grunge died out. Mm-hmm. They all did. They didn't all go away, but I mean, for the most part, almost like all hair metal glam stuff kind of did go away, right? Because even a lot of those bands were trying to go to more of a fucking grunge, simpler sound. That Bon Jovi, dude. The first time I heard Bon Jovi Um, was this "Ain't No Love" song or whatever, and so that's what that was forever and ever. Yeah, Yeah. Skid Row had stuff like that, like a lot of those bands did, and then you know, uh, you know, grunge hit, and I mean, you know, there's a lot of those bands kept going like with with their thing, but there's a a lot of reasons why you know thrash kind of fucking started to change and there's a reason why it's because people were fucking they were just sick of it yeah it it, it, something had to fucking change you know for 
it to get to where it fucking was going. And this was the fuck you know, around this time was the fucking change. Exactly. You know, and then, you know, you get to supercharger, which to me, the only problem with supercharger is a little unfocused. Like there's a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. That's the thing and, too. I had never actually listened to this until last year. Oh really? Yeah. So the problem I have with it is they start to get, and it, you know, some of it might be Aru, um, you know, coming into the band and, 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 and stuff like that. And, and maybe, I, I don't know if it was all Rob as, as far as I've known, this band has always just been Rob. I mean, but at this yeah. point in time, I don't think it was, I think it is now. Yeah. Or with it, with it, even within the last fucking like five years. No, I'm saying even within the last fucking probably like since probably since around through the ashes, empires or the blackening. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. I would say it's probably more Rob's fucking band than anything else. But, but the thing is like beforehand, I don't necessarily think it was, or if it was, he was just way more open to fucking like try whatever the fuck. Yeah. Some band that's how it goes with some bands, right? Is they start as one right. thing and then it becomes one guy's but than another. This is the height of like let's use a million effects to make a bunch of weird sounds. Right. And it almost it almost sounds like they're making weird sounds just to try and make a weird sound that no one else has made. Not because it sounds good. Yeah. But you sure. do have some standouts on the album bulldozer which is an mm-hmm. honorable mention of mine that is a straight fucking banger uh white knuckle blackout's really good too but dude and it, it it fucking gets overlooked a lot but crashing around you yeah is Absolutely. an amazing fucking song and it got fucking hosed the whole album got hosed by 9-11 yes now granted okay fine that's that's a small problem to have yeah but the whole album got fucking hosed because of what happened Mm-hmm. but i mean american high is a fucking just a fun ass fucking i'm a kid partying don't give a fuck fuck school you know just a fucking punk ass kid fucking getting crazy getting fucking high and drunk and shit classic fucking like old school metal anthem that something like black sabbath would fucking be doing mm-hmm. with different music and then you have this fucking song that is amazing it's called deafening silence and it's the slow song. I'm trying to remember that one. I've only listened to the album to once, and I've heard it crashing around you a million times, but I can only pick out so many things. You know, um, and then it, it it ends off with <sighs> the song "Supercharger." <laughs> it, it's 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 peppy, but I mean, it almost reminds me of them trying to sound like Slipknot. Hmm. You know, granted, no DJ, but they're all trying to use their guitars to make these weird sounds. So shortly right, right. after this, they get dropped. Yeah, well, so that's, uh, yeah, there's a number of things. Uh, uh, I wants to go more melodic, apparently. Yeah, they he wanted want to get to. even more more radio. Yeah, so there's that separation. He goes to Il Nino, which had like a pretty big turnover around the same time. Uh, yeah, they get dropped by Roadrunner. Because, well, and then to talk about the failure of the album, yeah, it comes out around 9-11 and everything goes to shit around then. Not to mention the video for Crashing Around You gets completely shelved because there's burning buildings in it. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I, I the big thing of it too is I just don't think this is what people wanted from Machine Head even after the Burning Red. If you want to go with that new metal tag on the Burning Red, which I could see in some instances, it's the Ross Robinson grittier new metal of the time. And this is a lot more of like post Lincoln Park, glossy, commercialized new metal, you know? Johnny K producing, right? Yeah, Johnny K who did Disturbed. Yeah, and all it that. really just sounds like, it, like I said, a lot of the sounds that they're using don't make sense and they don't sound good. Yeah. And a lot of the, it just seems like the reason they're using them is because they're, they haven't before or no one has. And it's just being weird for weird's sake. Yeah. I, which I, is I, just a level of unfocus that you don't want to have on an album. Yeah. It's, it wasn't the right move. And I think, you know, I, I, again, you talk about the desperation of thrash bands and stuff like that to stay relevant in the 90s. This was a 90s band trying to stay relevant going into the 2000s. And they just did, they were just, you talk about again the image on um, the Burning Red where they're, you know, Dave McLean's got the, uh, the, what is it, like cheetah hair or whatever. Yeah. This was them doing like metal Backstreet Boys almost kind of, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you see, they definitely, it was, it was an attempt to like, I I remember at the time when, when I read that Aru had wanted to be more radio and I was like, how they're like, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, dude. Well, so did you ever hear about the, okay, so let's, let's jump ahead a little bit. The, um, what is it? So yeah, they get dropped. They're without a label. They're without a guitar player. Uh, they're. Have you ever gone on any of those like really, 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 really long postings that Rob Flynn's made in the past? On the really, really long what? Sorry, it made a weird sound. Yeah, it was like either it was MySpace. It was a combination of like just his ramblings on MySpace and Facebook. Have you ever read any of those or Instagram or any of those? Oh yeah, yeah. So for this time. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, like, and then them, I, but, also, yeah. I also, I also watch that dvd um on elegies oh i still need I mean, to watch I, that one i day. fucking watched that like so many fucking times dude like yeah they talk about what was going on through here yeah the, the like, him talking about like like he just it, he was so lost that um and like like he was just like okay it's time to get a job maybe and put this on the back burner or whatever or like, like he was he was fucking repairing guitars yeah man um <laughs> you know? but did you hear about the the story about his his wife was all hey the dude from drowning pool died uh yeah. and they're looking for a singer and so he said he looked into the mirror and he tried to see if he could picture himself singing let the body hit the floor and he couldn't like he just was like no this ain't happening yeah he, he they he mentioned he had thought about other bands mm-hmm. um you know, they don't, I don't really remember what they said Dave and, and Adam were yeah, doing at either. the time. But yeah. I mean, I remember they, I mean, they actually on that DVD, they show their e-press kit. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. And, they, they recorded the five songs to shop around to other labels and they were unhappy with, it, it is what Aru was talking about, where they were going way more radio. Yeah. And one of those songs ended up on Roadrunner United. Mm-hmm. It's the one where fucking dude from Vision of Disorder yeah, sings Tim it. Yeah, Tim Williams, Empire of the Sun. That's my like, yeah. second or third favorite. I, I, I actually that like that. Song. But I, I love that song because be he's singing on it. But yeah, I like that song as that song. I wouldn't probably wouldn't like it as a Machine Head song. Right, right. Um, but it's a great fucking song, man. And I mean, that's the thing. When I watch that DVD... 
Because they were still a fucking big band to me. I mean, I know they fucking stumbled. Shit, well, but it's like, okay. Fuck, okay. So that's worth mentioning too. Like they're lost in their way in America, but they're still fucking huge in Europe. And they're especially still huge in the UK. Like they sell out massive places in the UK at the time. And I'm sure they still do now. But like that was the one place that still went fucking hard for them. That's why they record Hell Alive in London. Um, and that was the last one before Through the Ashes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like they're lost in their way. And I remember him talking about like the one that said, okay, this is different. Things are different now and we can try to make a go for it is seeing Lamb of God on Headbangers Ball with the, um, it was 11th Hour or Ruin. Either way, it was something off Alice, As the Palaces Burn. He's like, wait, we could do like metal for real now. And like, like actually, like there's a time and place now for it, you know, with the turning of the tide with the new uh, wave of American heavy metal. Granted, they're oh, granted, like when they got dropped, it was only in America. They're still signed in Europe and the UK. So they come out with Through the Ashes of Empires and it comes out a whole year early, not early, but it comes out in 2003 in the UK and Europe. No, they were dropped everywhere. Was it everywhere? When they got re-signed, they got re-signed to Roadrunner Europe. Oh, shit. And the album came out, the whole fucking deal was the album was going to be released in Europe only and depending on how well it did, they would fucking bump it. Yeah. The United States. So It took a whole that, year. Yeah, it took an entire fucking year before it fucking came out here. April 20th, 2004. I remember that day very specifically. Going to get that record in Best Buy back when that was something you could still do. Um, but that was huge, man. That record fucking really rules. And uh, I'm actually going to say right now, I prefer that over the blackening. I fucking love Through the Ashes of Empires. I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough, man. Oh, dude, I, I mean, it's pretty fucking incredible that this band had essentially two debuts. Yeah, for real, right? And they almost start off the same way. Yeah, yes. With two fucking huge bangers. This one is more focused as almost like, okay, this is Machine Head now. Yes, they have the thrash stuff. They have the alternative slash grunge type stuff. You know, the, the neurosis, trippy, you know, kind of aspect to it. But it's so much more fucking focused. It's, it is pissed off. Mm-hmm. But he's also got shit like Left Unfinished on there and Descend the Shades of Night. And these kind of, like Left Unfinished was like a, a fucking song about like how he feels about his parents. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, so now we're getting out of just now granted, like that's the thing from the first two albums, it was more of like a fucking, you know, damn the man, you know, rage against the machine kind of like fuck this. And as you moved on, it started to get into a little more like, okay, this is, we're getting more introspective. Yeah. All music was getting more introspective at that point. That's what people needed at the time. Yeah. This one almost goes even farther and it's almost like he opens up even more. Yes. You know, and, but the, but musically it's just all the way around less fucking commercial radio sounding. Mm. So essentially heavier and fuck. Yeah. Dude, when I fucking heard this shit, I was like, fuck man. Yeah. Fucking forget about it. 
Like they are absolutely back. Everything that they fucking do is representative is represented here. Yeah. Even just in the first song alone, dude, that's like three oh, yeah, different dude. songs in one and it's awesome. Yeah. Like this was the word back in the biggest fucking way possible, man. I love this. Oh dude. Still. Huge. Yeah. So, you know, um, like also what's happening at this time is solos are coming back. Yes. Because of guitar hero. Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of starting to come here. So, I mean, they threw more guitar solos in there. There was more of that, that even with the fucking grunge sound and the alternative sound and the neurosis style, even with all that, these songs are more structured like metal songs rather than commercial songs or hip hop songs. This was machine head being machine head. And then it fucking culminates. Yeah. Because the solos got even crazier and solos got even more popular Mm -hmm. and you had deathcore coming around and metalcore fucking had been, you know, there deathcore is starting to get fucking some steam and all of a sudden it's just like, you know, thrash was back and it's Mm -hmm. just like, it all fucking culminates into this one ultimate fucking thing called the blackening. Yeah. Also of note, we got to shout out Phil Demel from Violence, his for, you know former Violence bandmate. Oh yeah, had a huge hand in you know the guitar work on there. So on to the Blackening, dude. This is a lot of the, this is the other one that a lot of people will point to as the defining Machine Head record. Like, and it's hard to argue with that. You know, it's it's like in a lot of ways, Through the Ashes of Empires was kind of a preview of what was to come with the Blackening. Like, like Machine Head was a completely different thing. And it's pretty much been the core of what they've been since Through the Ashes of Empires. But this was like the really definitive statement, dude. I remember when this came out, it was fucking devastating, huge, man. Like, wild. This is the one that if you weren't already a Machine Head fan, it made a lot of people Machine Head fans. Oh, yeah, dude. This one was pretty fucking huge. I... It's so fucking well written. Yeah. It's like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how well written it is, man. Mm-hmm. It's just um, another did level. Did you So did you like like did you like it right off the bat or So, I'm trying to remember what the first song I would have heard was. I think it was Aesthetics of Hate cuz it it came out not on the radio but like like you know remember when they just threw up mp3s on roadrunner oh yeah something like that i think that's what it was because i remember it because it is a full album album you know what i mean it is when you got to do front to back and because the songs are so long there's not a lot of songs to that opening riff that there when it's just that opening that fucking yeah oh fuck dude it's so fucking good dude yeah and i know that all the albums are about something but like this one specifically is about saying fuck you to some guy bad-mouthing Dimebag in the press after he died. I know that's the one lyrically that sticks out the most because of Oh, that. really? Yeah. And there's some song where Rob Flynn drops a bunch of like <laughs> derogatory words. I don't remember what it uh, what song it is, but like he's dropping the N-bomb and other stuff, but it's an anti-racist song calling out people that use those words. Which really just like, whoa, you're going there. But, you know, again, it's for 
a purpose, bringing things to light. Um, again, I don't remember what song it's not. And that makes it even worse because there's only eight songs to choose from. It's not like, you know, there's a lot, but like this whole thing front to back was another declarative statement towards the state of the world. That's the thing, man. Yeah. Like their, their lyrics have always been reality based. You know, they've been directly about something, which is another something they took from hardcore. Um, but like, you know, anytime he's saying something, he really, 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 really means it, dude. Um, oh yeah. Around this time, they also cover battery by Metallica. And if you haven't heard that dude, I mean, all their co- or covers are pretty sick, but like their, their battery's fucking awesome. Oh yeah, dude, their cover battery, their cover of how be that name. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know people that are like, ah, fuck, they do such a shitty fucking, I'm like, dude, okay. First of all, not everybody has to sing like Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, for real. You know, like he does fine on that song. Yeah. You know, and they made that song heavy as fuck. Mm. And epic and all of those things. It's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. It's got that Rob Flynn guitar sound. You know what I mean? Like, like there's similar sounds, but like there's some things that make it distinctly his. Oh, and worth noting, he produced probably everything up until this point from uh through the ashes of empires on and they had colin richardson mixing again on through the ashes of empires and the blackening so it has that extra little colin richardson gloss to it that i love yeah like 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 they were back on top form again on blackening dude uh oh yeah big time yeah but i don't know about you but here's where it starts getting murky to me uh from from there onward were you ever big on unto the locust no, but like that's the thing. The the kind of unfortunate thing that happened with this. Okay, so I'll tell you right now, dude. I am hell is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, listen to that shit if you haven't. Uh, pearls before pearls before the swine's pretty good too. I mean, who we are. Like, I've heard the album several times. It's but right at the blackening is when I kind of started listening to them less. Fair. And I think what happened was. It's look at the years, 2007, 2011. Right. It's essentially right around the time that Deathcore is huge. Mm-hmm. I'm getting more into even like newer metalcore. And, you know, a, around that time, I'm, you know, I'm getting more into, what you call it it's you know things like a day to remember like and mm-hmm. even more melodic stuff you had just the things that were coming out at the time you know and then obviously i mean you know death metal's always fucking there rap's always there like there's and around this fucking same time too especially 2007 i'm like essentially downloading so much fucking music right that it was like getting difficult to listen to everything that Let was me ask you a quick question man. Hard. like uh, because you had to manually download all those things does it feel more overwhelming doing that or does it feel more overwhelming now with streaming where you have just about literally everything you could possibly want to where you have trouble picking stuff it's a good question I, it's definitely more overwhelming now yeah but also the, here's the other problem with now though when I was doing all the downloading and stuff, I mean, I was still playing in a band, dude. Like I barely worked. Mm-hmm. I had a lot more fucking time to listen to music. 
Fair. It was just hard to make the decision what to listen to. Now yeah. I have a hard decision what to listen to, and I have less time to listen to music because now mm-hmm. I listen to podcasts and I work full time. It's it's just a bit different now. But mm-hmm. yeah, now you have pretty much everything. You jump on any social media. I'm sure you got friends that are posting up. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. And it's like I don't have. There's not enough time. Yeah, I have about 10 names on my phone right now of like, oh, I need to get into that and I still haven't yet. Like, because it's like, if you're like me, like, then you, when you get on a kick where you have a little bit of time and you're like, oh, I like this band. Oh, if I, apparently if I like this band, I might like this band. I'll check them out. Oh, if, and it just keeps mounting up. But those times are so few and far in between now that, like, well, that's not going to lie, too. I mean, the, you know, you get a little bit older, too, and then you have stuff that you want to listen to for n- nostalgia. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you don't want to listen to just the bands you listened to 25 fucking years ago. But a lot of times, man, like you do. Yeah. Most of the time when I put on Machine Head, I put on either Through the Ashes of Empires or the first two albums. Same. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's just how it is. Yeah. So around this time, yeah, man, like you said, the focus isn't quite exactly there as with the number of bands, but like. And the other thing is, how do you follow up the blackening, right? On paper, uh, so far you don't. But, you know, kudos for trying, I guess. I don't know, man. Just like that, same deal. It's just like that height never quite got reached again, and the shit's good. Like, Unto the Locust is good. It's just, yeah, my attention was elsewhere at that point. I always try to support him if I can. I guess on that note, um, following that up. Wait, hold on. Unto the Locust? Yeah. Have you listened to the Sentinel? Their cover of Judas Priest the Sentinel? Maybe not. I cause like Dude. that was the thing, man. So many of these B sides <laughs> never made it on here because that was still a big thing for foreign markets. I'm right, sure true. This I don't know if this was actually well, okay. Actually it, it's not because it was it's on I'm looking at the special edition right now, so Ooh. okay. Because they also have Witch Hunt, which I can't remember. Um, look it up now, but yeah, I dude, their fucking cover of Judas Priest, the Sentinel. Oh yeah. Right. Witch hunt is the rush. It's rush. Okay. You know, and this is how many albums now that they've all been on board, Adam, Dave, and Phil, um, three, cause there's two more after that. Like that's the thing, man, that lineup. I feel that one, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah, so this is the third. But this is going on eight years of them just having one solid lineup. Yeah, for real. That Up until recently, that was the lineup, and it was the most consistent one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so they didn't actually – this was technically the lineup, I guess, until um, Bloodstone and Diamonds. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's when they got right. Jared McEckern. I keep forgetting that, yeah. Which is yeah, weird yeah. because I actually, you know, I mean, I I had no idea. Supposedly, it was a pretty messy and ugly split. I actually saw it on fucking on uh, Instagram. I was just seeing something on Instagram, and and I was kind of, I was like, well, where's Adam? Oh, uh, okay. He's the only blonde dude in the band, so I was like, well, where? These guys yeah. all have dark hair. And mm-hmm. then I was looking at, I saw a different picture and I'm like, that dude's look definitely younger. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And so then I'm just kind of like, 
well, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, not gonna lie, and man, that's, I, I forgot. <laughs> That's that's when I looked it up and and had to, and found out that he, that he had been fired or left the band or whatever. And yeah, he went on his whole. That's other, a he, whole. Yeah, that's a whole. <laughs> yeah, man, shit got ugly. Like it's like one of those things, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a lot of people that have had to had some negative things to say about their exit with machine head unfortunately and well there's more to come so but yeah man i mean truth be told i fucking forgot until you brought it up just now yeah so no more original members aside from mob at this point and so here's the thing man is it uh, weird to you that his name isn't rob flynn does that trip you out yeah what, what is it it's like something kerrigan or something or carradine keith carradine or something like that it's lawrence matthew cardine cardine okay yeah 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 i don't remember but why he said it's why weird it's, though because it's not just like rob flynn's a stage name it, it has his name is robert conrad flynn yeah he said why too i don't remember but you know really? he's, got a, he's got a gnarly family history his whole life's fucking gnarly oh yeah dude like he's it's pretty intense but like oh he was adopted ah there you go okay that makes sense that's okay that probably seals it up pretty easy yeah um, um but wow, yeah man I, I actually forgot real quick he was in forbidden also oh yeah 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 because doc had uh some other guy that was in forbidden with him on one of his sh- uh episodes yeah and he, that was when he was like a senior in high school yeah oh yeah like that's fucking awesome yeah he <laughs> has know? some pretty gnarly stories about you know the whole what is it, is it uh, ridgemont or whatever that whole bay area thing when i was in the bay area last time i wanted to go find find ruthie's in i just didn't remember what it was called and apparently it wasn't even in san francisco or oakland it was somewhere else so that's for another day um but so the big question is uh just straight out have you ever listened to bloodstone and diamonds I think I've only ever heard the song Killers and Kings. So here's the thing, man. I bought it when it came out to support him to get the album sale, but I've never listened to it, apparently, is, is what I'm realizing. Like, yeah, I didn't have time to get it get to it last night. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out because Killers and Kings, I really like that song. Hmm. Got some good gang vocals and stuff. Yeah, man. I just, I'm just um, sitting here going, man, I have this, and I've never listened to it. I have, I have albums like that. I still haven't listened to The Last Periphery, and I've had it since it came out um that's just how it goes sometimes uh i so i don't really know about this album other than it's probably just another machine head album continuing that trajectory that they've had so i mean i'm listening to it right now like just scanning through it and it's it's machine head you know what i mean it's like but like, i always okay. i always thought it was because i thought catharsis was the one where they really got kind of weird it is so that's that's the trip man it's just like for the first time they seem to have settled into a groove and maybe this was the album where it's like okay we need to mix it up again like that's the thing man again i didn't fucking listen to it and maybe that's part of the problem right it's just like they finally found some consistency and i guess they decided they don't like consistency maybe so here's the thing too well i'll tell you right now do people that fucking Trying to think of how I want to say it. Fair enough. People that the the kind of people I, I I've known that like Machine Head are in this weird place. They they like the reason. One of the reasons why someone would love Machine Head is because they're radio without being radio. 
I could buy that. Yeah, okay. Okay, they're not anything overly extreme. They're not super fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. He sings a lot and yells and screams a bit. You know, he has a, a lot of different things vocally going on. So if Machine Head, whenever they dip their toe further into a commercial sound, they tend to get a lot of hate from it. Yeah, so I'm looking it up now. Next is when it's after he does the Dime Bash thing with Phil, and there's obviously some unfortunate stuff coming out of that. And so he makes the song, Is There Anybody Out There? And he decides, I'm going full in radio, dude, and just gets a barrage of shit for it. I whatever he wants to do i do not like this song i did not like the direction they went did you say you did hear this i'm listening to it right now i didn't hear it when it came out yeah i i was like uh man this this ain't for me i mean you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of sempaternal i could see that from not between the buried and me. Bob, bring me the horizon. Bring me the horizon. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a Rob Flynn version of that, which I where have. He doesn't no... want to dive fully in, but he doesn't want to. He's not ready to dive fully into it. He's just trying to incorporate something in there. Yeah, because that's been known to work. Yeah, yeah, and and um, it's it's it seems a little bit half-assed. Yeah, um, where but I think there... like. It is their biggest song, easily. Yeah, That's crazy. Um, but I think that, you know, it might be their biggest song because, I mean, even I knew the fucking hate it was getting. It got a lot of press. Mm-hmm. I mean, big time. And there's think- probably a lot of people that were like, I got to hear this song. Like, what What's going on with this song? Like, why is everybody talking about this song? Yeah. Because I almost fucking went and listened to it because of that. I don't know why I didn't. I mean, other than time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I, the only thing I can think of is I just, for some reason, didn't have time or just didn't really get around to doing it. But I've, I've never heard that song. That's what it sounded like to me when I just scanned through it real quick was, you know, just from the keyboard sound. Yeah. Oh, no. there's got to be a connection, dude, because he uh, collaborated with the dude from Bring Me The Rise and the keyboard player. Oh. I just remembered that Jordan Fish. He's like they've collaborated together on shit before, and that's probably one of them. All right, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some of that in there. Good call, dude. Huh? Okay, so then shit really comes to a head, and he decides we're just gonna throw all the shit in the kitchen sink, turn on the garbage disposal, and see what comes out with catharsis, man. Um. This is another one of those ones where they lost a lot of people, and I say good on them for trying shit again, and it just doesn't really work, man. I I don't know what else to say other than, like, good on you. For I haven't really listened to it. I'll tell you right now, though. If The Burning Red came out today, I probably wouldn't like it. So mm-hmm. if this is anything like that, where it's that experimental t- side thing, I I might not like it. Yeah, yeah, no, because yeah, there's. I'm not in the same place I was at when the Burning Red came out. Mm-hmm. That's true too. You know, so there's definitely that, and and that happens with a lot of bands. You know, there's a lot of bands that come out with the, the, this, the, you know, a new album. They've been doing the same fucking thing, but you're not where you used to be. So you, to your 
your perception of it is completely different. Right. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to hear this anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. not because they put out a bad album. It's just you're in a different place and, and you don't want to hear that now. Yeah, but also like some of the ways he does experiment are pretty cringe. Like like the lyrics in a lot of them are pretty cringe. They're they come off kind of cheesy. He does experiment with rapping again and it sounds exactly like what it is, which is a fifty year old white guy rapping. Um it, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I sometimes I wanna be like good on you for trying, and others are just like maybe you could have tried a little harder. I don't know. This is where he lost a lot of people again. And not just for, for the music, but like just I don't know, a lot of people he he's got a bit of a attitude that I can get with sometimes and then others not. Well, there's another fucking possibility here that maybe this was all the stuff that he had to get out that probably should have been on a Rob Flynn solo album. Ah, fair, fair. Okay, yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of, I mean, they've been calling him the general forever. Yes. They came out with this album. Phil and fucking Phil and Dave knew. Yeah. They fucking knew. Mm-hmm. If this is what Rob's doing, this is what Rob's doing. And if you ain't fucking down for it, then you got to fucking bounce. And that's what they did. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. and I, I never saw anything from those two that was like, fuck this guy. Uh, that's come out later, at least on Phil's uh, side. I haven't seen anything from Dave. But. Well, I could see fucking people like talking back and forth after they've already left mm-hmm. and then it getting ugly. Yeah. But to his credit, even Rob came out after he split and he said, Hey, okay, I, you know, I get it. I, I've not been the easiest guy to work with and I've asked a little too much. I, you know, he, he took a step back. Did you ever watch that video like that day it happened on Facebook? No, but I mean, I've seen stuff since where he's like, you know, I'm the fucking general, blah, blah, blah. But I've also seen stuff like, I've, also heard plenty of stuff like that with max too if you want to be a max's band you have to be a certain way Mm -hmm. you know otherwise you're gone you know and it's like like we've always said as long as everybody's on board there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. the problem comes is when someone isn't on board anymore yes you know and it's like okay then that person has to go because if it's rob flynn's fucking band he's not going anywhere Mm -hmm. and i mean in all reality, Rob Flynn is machine head. Yes. He's always been machine head. It's never been Adam. It's never been Phil. It's never been Dave. It was never Logan. It's always been Rob Flynn. Mm-hmm. If he's not there, you know, like there's no, there's no point in him not being there. It's his fucking band. And it's, he's the one that everybody identifies with that. Now, there's a lot of people that think the guy's an asshole. That's fine. Pretty sure he sleeps just fine at night. Mm. But there's a lot of people too that don't like, you know, like it's like we said before, like, oh, I don't like his politics or I don't, you know, politics and metal and fuck a blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of athletes and there's a lot of musicians, movie stars that could probably use their influence for something good, but they don't solely because of that. Right they it's a polarizing thing and it takes a lot of balls to say to speak your mind because there will always be someone to oppose that and at some point man it also it it takes a lot of balls to do it for one because you are gonna really just kind of like draw the line in the sand you know yeah 
But it also takes a lot of balls because it takes a lot of energy away from you. And at a time where I don't think enough people are protecting their energy enough, you know, I it 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 takes a lot for somebody to fucking say something and just be as open as especially as open as he is. I mean, he's not afraid to fucking speak out on anything. You know, and it's like I think more so than agreeing with him, I think it's awesome that he just doesn't fucking care. That is yeah, absolutely true. One hundred percent. Have you tried his uh, podcast yet? I haven't. Um, right. I, I want to. I still haven't even checked out his YouTube. But I mean, you know, oh, yeah. again, I, I'm, I'm not on YouTube a whole hell of a lot. So, mm-hmm. I'll but, I mean, I'm on podcast, man. Uh, yeah. I got like weeks of shit to still go through just because the content's been piling up. You know what I mean? I've got week. I mean, I've got quite a bit to go through just because my favorite one one it's my comfort fucking it's my comfort listen when Mm -hmm. i'm bummed out or when i'm had a bad day at work we hate movies fucking brings me up they're funny as fuck and they make me laugh and i go back and listen to old episodes all the time but they're also cranking out fucking content like crazy yeah you know because they're all fucking sitting at home it's like uh the box and hops dude like yeah (laughs) he's cranking stuff out but he hasn't been working so it's like you know, and then the Twitch people that you're following, it's, it's like the content's through the roof right now because a lot of people aren't working, so. Yeah, it's hard to go through sometimes. <laughs> yeah, dude. At any getting, given time, dude, at the right harder. hour, I'll have like five different five or Twitch people on at the same time, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck, dude. It's one thing if I can only watch one, but like I can't have them all up to give them views at the same time either. Otherwise, shit gets bogged down. You know what I mean? Like, like there's okay. just an abundance of shit right now. <laughs> Granted, that's not a problem at this very moment because everybody's kind of chilling right now to, you know, take care of things at the matter at hand. But like, yeah, yeah, there's just been an overflowing abundance of content, and so like Rob Flynn is just not <laughs> his podcast as interesting as it is to hear. I'm sure has just not been on my priorities. I'm backed up on Josta too right now. I still got to go through a bunch of those. Um. But yeah, man, I mean, like he's a figurehead and a, and a presence like in where thing, you know, in the heavy music realm in general, man. Yeah. He's uh, like, there's, I mean, he's like Corey Taylor level. Yeah. Most definitely. You know, I mean, I'd say he's like a more abrasive Corey Taylor almost. Well, sure. But there's certain people that are like, you know, something happens in the world or something happens in the music world, right? And all of those metal blogs fucking have to get this guy's opinion on it, right? Right. It, I mean, Corey Taylor, for one. Yes. People even comment on that. Like, oh, I wonder what Corey Taylor... How come you guys haven't hit up Corey Taylor to see what he thinks of this? Yeah. You know, just like as you know, being sarcastic or whatever, because it's always, what does Corey Taylor think? What does Corey Taylor think? Mm-hmm. And, you know, another one is Rob Flynn. Yes. Like big time. I mean, he's, he's at that fucking level now. And I mean, some of it is the fact that he will say something. Yeah, that is true. You know, there's probably a lot of those people that they don't fucking bother to fucking talk to. Cause they're not, they don't want to say anything. They don't want to ruffle feathers, you know, and you know, they don't want to, you know, shit like that. You know, you don't want to lose fans because you're giving out your opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, I get it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. 
How many people have you seen come out since then that you normally wouldn't hear from in, in the last half a week? Just coming out saying, hey, man, yeah, exactly that. Hey, I don't, you know, it sucks to divide people like this, but if you, you know, if you're for white supremacy, if you're for fucking police brutality, we don't want you as fans. And it's exactly. commendable, dude. Like bands like Counterparts, dude, who they don't touch on politics or anything in their music coming out going, hey, man, fucking so long if you're if that's the, your kind of thing and so i say fucking good on you man and then there's guys like straight from the path that are like have always been outspoken like that you know what i mean um and rob flynn i would say falls into the ladder for sure he's always been again when when the phil thing came out he was the first one to denounce what happened that night and he i mean granted he was there so he has a first-hand experience um and it's cool that he turned it into a song i just it's <laughs> song wasn't for me on that note uh okay so where's machine head now so he recruited the guy the guitar player as far as i know the only original member of decapitated on on guitar uh, oh yeah vog yeah i can never is that his name okay i yeah. can never remember what dude right totally fucking forgot about that yeah and the uh the current drummer is a British black metal drummer guy that I also unfortunately can't remember the name of right now. Um, but he sounded good. They, they had a, you know, when he, when they were first doing stuff together, he, they put little videos of them all dr- uh, jamming together. Matt Alston. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't remember. Oh, apparently it's called Devilment. Huh? All right, cool. I guess I'll have to check that out. Um, so yeah, he's got the new lineup. He also reunited with the well. He reunited with Chris Contos and Logan Mater uh, to do the 25th anniversary stuff for Burn My Eyes, and they they did the tour. I don't remember if it's all already happened or if like a leg of it happened and then the other leg got postponed because of Corona stuff. Um, but they were doing Burn My Eyes in full, and then they were also doing uh, sets with other a set with the, the other stuff from the catalog that the uh, with with those guys because like you know for the however many years they've been doing that now they've been doing an, an evening with machine head and it's like just three hours of them playing non-stop um infamously here they had they had the show where at house of blues where there was like a couple like fucking in against the barricade uh during davidian <laughs> that really attention did you not hear that no oh dude so oh wait so, so- I think I did hear that. Yeah, so so Rob has a bit of a contentious relationship with San Diego, unfortunately, because things haven't gone great in the past. Uh, and this was was the redemption show at House of Blues, where he said, "Not only did we win him back, but apparently <laughs> there was a couple fucking in the against the barricade in the front row during Davidian." So that was that was an interesting way to put the bow on that whole thing. Um, and on top of that. He also did the thing. God. Yeah. Yep. Well, we got to be known for something. Might as well be that. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's been doing, he, uh, yeah, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Burn My Eyes last year, they did the thing where they, they did a live recording of the album again with, with those guys and they released each song on Instagram at first uh it sounds good it sounds exactly what like what you think it would dude you know that lineup in their 50s but like still pretty damn good 
doing a on the spot rendition. Chris Canto yeah, those, sounds awesome. Those recordings are really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So good on him. It's cool to see if it, if not Adam, and again that that's some pretty severe bridges burnt. Even though they've all been pretty severe, or severe right? But uh, you got Logan and and Chris coming back to to commemorate that whole era and fucking sounds awesome. The new material, I like the music, but the lyrics are a wee cringe. Uh, so see how that goes moving forward. The the first one they did with this new lineup was called fuck. What was it called? Well, the second one circled the drain, as we mentioned before. Again, I like the music, but some of the lyrics. He's he's taking on this like kind of gangster rap fuck anybody that doesn't like me kind of persona and like i respect that on one hand on the other i think it could be better do or die that was the first one the music on do or die is actually really really cool he's Uh, but he's been like that forever yeah i just wish he was a little more tactful he's been a little more tactful about it in the past you know what i mean like go look at the lyrics for imperium dude like yeah but never mind it's in my list you'll i'll be reading them to you but yep 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 he's he's always been like that you know, yeah. I mean, you know, and then the block fucking all like, yeah, he just, it's, I, it's always been like that. It could be a little more refined. That was, that was one of the big things on, um, catharsis was just the, the lyricism wasn't quite there. The message was there, but like putting together the words wasn't, but we'll see. This is two out, you know, exclusive tracks, you know, unique to themselves, not attached to any record. I wouldn't be surprised. Another thing about Rob Flynn is he's always been a guy that looks towards the future and doesn't hold on to the past. Like, like he, even when Spotify became a thing 10 years ago, like, like when it really first started hitting, he said, I will never buy another record as long as I live because this exists now. And he was one of the guys looking forward saying, Hey, this is what's up now. So I'm wondering if there's even going to be an album in the future or if it is just going to be singles. Cause that seems to be the way things are going anyways. So We'll True. See. But that so that's interesting. I just I didn't think about that until now. But yeah, man. So on that note, that's where they're at now. We'll see where things progress. Are we ready to get into honorable mentions? Yeah, I have like five of them. Okay, I was afraid I was gonna have too many, but damn, okay. <laughs> I mean, I actually had a lot more, but Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. But I mean uh, I kind of mentioned one number but my own. Yes. You know, like fuck. You know, just it, it's it was just the first time I'd heard that kind of like um Okay, so apparently I was thinking of a different song when I said it was the fucking the fucking chicken chicken no that it's it's not that one. It's the one that I I love the intro because it's got the fucking oh yeah 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 yeah. the one after that right yeah and it's it's got the fucking um yeah sorry thousand lies is the one that has the yes no but number my own has that fucking like it's just it's fucking heavy yes you know, but it's got that, uh, the clean guitar, you know, and then in the, in the 
like the verses are pretty subdued, you know, mm-hmm. was, I am just a man with these two fists. Like, and he's, he's singing a little bit lower register. Well, a little more, I don't know what you call it. Not so high as well within his range or whatever. And it sounds really fucking great. Hold on. But it's like that fucking, you know, years of pain, I will take it home. You know, manifest with your broken bones. My heart bleeds for none but my own. Like, mm-hmm. it's fucking heavy as fuck, dude. Yeah. There's a lot of cool dynamic play in there. You the know, rhythmics got, are awesome. Yeah, six solo, you know, and then uh, it's got the fucking... Like yeah. the big open, you know, and then it uh, has the... That's... Dude... Whatever I said in the fucking start is not, it's a completely different fucking song. But Even the fucking, there's no time to pray and shit like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, this one ends off actually pretty fast with like a nice little thrashy fucking riff, you know? Yeah, it builds. And it's it, a builder it song. Build that sure. like, not my heart bleeds for none but my yard. Like, it's so fuck. It's cool, dude. Yep. Um, oddly enough, dude, Silver, I think, is one, it's, definitely one of my favorites you know um it's more of a like an alternative slash grunge type thing mm-hmm. that's they're so well known for mixing together but it's got that like, like the chorus is the fucking oh yeah take my hand mm-hmm. across this land escape this hell the hell inside like yep it's really fucking catchy really cool and it mixes really well with the verses that are i mean they're almost like the verse is almost kind of like none but my own like really is kind of a slow yeah mellow fucking thing but yeah. then like half what is it halfway through it they fucking change key mm-hmm. you know and then it's all oh yeah like you know and then it goes even higher and you're like fuck dude like there's not a lot of fucking songs that do that like mm-hmm. um <laughs> most notably would be living on a prayer. That's why whenever you see people start singing it, they always start singing it too high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it changes sure. key. It's like, oh shit, that's out of my fucking range. So yep. um, that's one. And then I, we talked about Bulldozer. Um, my two biggest ones though, and these would probably be, I mean, these two would be in the top 10. Um, you know, obviously like 10 ton hammers there, but mm-hmm. But dude, descend the shades of night. That harmony part that they play in the solo is one of my all-time favorite things. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool watching them live on their fucking DVD doing that because they both walk over to each other. <laughs> you know, the, oh yeah, the, you know, that classic and, move. Oh dude, and I mean, you know, and it's I mean, it's, it's a ballady, fucking slow, mellow, fucking song. But one of the reasons why this song is like so huge to me is one, the acoustic guitar sounds great. And it's cool because Livey has one of those stands. Yeah. The, I you know, got so he my... could have like his electric hanging down and he's got the stand. Yeah. But there's just that, 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 you know, like, um, but, you know, the big chorus, you know, Dun, 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 dun. like it, it almost sounds like something that they could do with like a symphony mm-hmm. not 
that I'm super into that sort of thing, but, um, but that fucking and then it goes higher like it's so fucking cool with that harmony part but yeah i mean it's weird because so when i was in difficult henry like our i mean i guess the story is mixed up as it always is with bands so anybody who's ever been in bands knows this game but like the bass player fucking called me up one morning and he fucking and I, I did a paper route at night. So I did, I think it was Friday night and Saturday night, starting at like midnight or one. Um, so I was up Saturday morning, I believe. And he calls me up, basically he says he quit the band. You know, mm. and we don't get any get in the reason, but he was, he was going to quit the band. <clears throat> I asked him if he told anybody. He said no. And at the time, I was kind of like the band manager, band leader type job. Right. You know, and I was like, okay, like, you know, I I mean, I'll fucking let everybody know or whatever, unless you want to, you know, that sort of thing. And it was just really kind of like, fuck, dude. Like, but I also thought like, you know, after, after we sat there talking, I was just like, you know, man, maybe, you know, he, he did kind of allude to like, if something, if this one particular thing could change, you know, he, he would consider staying. And so I was like, okay, like, and I ended up going, you know, I went to sleep, get up, go to work. And I don't know why it wasn't anything I really even thought of. I just, you know, I have a fucking huge thing of CDs. I popped this fucking song in and I'm not even shitting you, dude. I listened on repeat the entire shift. So for a seven minute, 45 second song, I probably listened to it jeez man i don't even know how long it would be how many times it would be i mean it usually took me about three hours to do my route three four hours and it was the only thing i listened to so quite a bit it was just this mood i was in it was almost like i knew everything was fucking coming down Mm -hmm. like everything was just gonna end and it was just like, fuck, man. Like, it's because I wasn't consciously fucking doing it. And it was like, whenever I get sick of it, I just turn it down, you know? Which wasn't a whole lot. But, but yeah, I mean, I listened to this song like so many fucking times. And it will always fucking be to me, like, essentially the end of Difficult Henry was, is this song. Because the next day I fucking, you know, I, I, I got home that night, like that morning, fucking went to sleep, wake up to a phone call from my singer and he's like fucking you need to come up here we need to have a fucking meeting and it was me him the guitar player and the drummer the idaho group part of the group and you know he basically said he was fucking leaving you know he was quitting the band and you know the drummer and guitar player said like well you know we're just gonna keep playing just us two you know and it was just like all this fucking weird it, it just sucked that was by far the the worst fucking band breakup I'd ever had. Like it was really kind of a fucking bummer. And this song is kind of that. And then the other one dude is seasons wither. Are you familiar with that one? It Trying wasn't to place it. So it's weird. I had, I had through the ashes of empires a year before it came out here because I downloaded it mm-hmm. from someone who had it from Europe. And the version, that version didn't have seasons wither on it. Mm. 
So when I re-downloaded it, when it came out in the United States, I had noticed there was an extra song. And, you know, it took me a minute. I had to, like, go through the fucking songs. I'm like, okay, this song, Seasons Wither. Hmm. And, 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 and it's cool because, like, they fucking do it on the, uh, on the DVD. Mm-hmm. This is one I listened to last night. And every time I listen to it, I, I kind of mentioned in the Sepultura episode how I just, I really just hate like government and, and all, all this sort of thing. And mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of fucking stuff I don't like. And it, this song is kind of this, there's this part in the song. I mean, like I said last night, I was just so fed up with everything. I just fucking silently screamed. But there has this breakdown in the song, not a breakdown, but it, the song breaks down. Like it goes into this like kind of a clean slash acoustic, a, a mellow passage. And it's just Rob just, you know, seasons wither away, you know, and it kind of does that four or five times, you know, and like it doesn't build up a whole lot. And then it fucking hits, dude. And, and the fucking words in it, you know, is... You know, we pray you die. We pray you suffocate. This part. In pain you writhe. This day we celebrate. Like, fuck. You know, I There's guess something I... that just works for me right there. Yeah. Of just, I fucking hate whatever it is I hate. I hate it so bad. Yeah. I pray that it dies. I pray it suffocates. And in pain you writhe, this day we celebrate. I, mm-hmm. like it gives me goosebumps right now, and I'm getting like all fucking worked up. Nice. I, um, I have to have heard this song, because I've listened to that album front to back more than enough times. I just can't seem to recall right now. But I'm looking at what you were saying. It, says, it does say... Seasons Weather did not appear on the original worldwide release, but it was added to the U.S. release to make up for the delayed release. In this edition, the song appears between Vim and All Falls Down. So it's almost the, the opposite. I mean, no, it's not almost. It is the opposite of like when they have European or Japanese or whatever bonus tracks or whatever to incentivize people to buy it foreign instead of the U.S. release. It's the opposite for here. So Yeah. That's interesting. So I'll have but to like give it another listen. Dude, that fucking, you know, I'm gonna see you bleeding face down in the dirt. Like, I'm gonna give you back what you've taken with her. Ah, fuck, dude. It's just a fucking gnarly, just fucking I hate you, fuck you song. Mm -hmm. You know, check out the lyrics. It's very, very angry. Right. You know, um. That's it for honorable mentions for me. What about you? So since you had more than I had, I'll, I'll even it up real quick. I'll just say covers in general, but especially their cover of Bleeding by Ignite. Like that's one of my favorite hardcore bands. It's one of my favorite songs in general. And to hear their rendition of it is fucking pretty cool. And then the fact that whenever they played together at some European festival some years ago, they got Zoli from Ignite because Ignite was already playing the festival. So they got him to come out and sing the song with Machine Head. It was fucking awesome. Um, also, as I mentioned before, Negative Creep. The first time I ever heard Hole in the Sky was on the Nativity in Black 2 uh, compilation. Uh, so that was an interesting way to hear that for the first time. <laughs> 
However, <laughs> that would be pretty. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah, I um, one sec. Uh, and then uh, I'll also say because you mentioned it and it didn't occur to me was "Exhale the Vile." I I really like that song. Fucking nice. Yeah, it's got that kind of crawly, slow, kind of vibe to it. Um. But okay, so now we'll get into the core of my actual predetermined honorable mentions, and I got to start with the Vidian man. Like, how could you not? It's a fucking all-time awesome classic opener. Um, you know, freedom ring with a shotgun blast, the fucking the little drum thing at the beginning into the into the harmonics. Like, yeah, it's yeah, we'll fucking talk, classic. Talk about that later. Actually, okay, you know, right. fuck it. I'll just do it right now. That's all my right. number two. All right. Um, first song, like your first song I heard on the album. Obviously, first heavy song I like, really heavy song I heard from them. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, man, that double this, bass, dude. Fucking oh, dude, everything about it, dude. It's just pissed. The only it's time fun. I ever saw them live, they played um, Aesthetics of Hate. Or no, no, no. It was Clitching the Fist of Descent. Then it was Imperium. Then it was Halo. And then they closed with Davidian. And that was it. Those four songs. And it was crazy. Oh, yeah. And that fucking just... It's like... It's one of those songs like almost too good. And when they drop it out, dude, they're in the fucking... They drop it out during that fucking like there's fucking double bass. I mean, there's double picking in there. There's a fucking pinch mm-hmm. harmonic. There's, you know what I mean? Like there's oh. the floor drops out, dude. The fucking drums are just fucking killing. And then, I mean, fucking dude, one of the fucking heaviest fucking things I've ever heard scarred, pour the salt in the wound. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, dude. That's one of the heaviest fucking things ever written, in yep. my opinion. Yep. The uh, the video with the guy upside down flinging flares all over the place. My fucking heart rate just rose. And I was just doing Like, I'm not actually not even <laughs> listening to it right now. I was just doing it just with my mouth. Yeah. I, it, I just fucking, I'll never get over the first time I heard this fucking song. Mm-hmm. It's an all-time I mean, classic, man. It's like leading up to that, you're like, man, this is a fucking awesome song. <laughs> like, yeah. This is really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And then you hit that fucking end part and you're like, Jesus, dude. Yeah. Brilliantly like, composed, fuck, man. man. So yeah. fucking sick. Easily fucking metal hall of famer, in my opinion. Yep. And again, with the music video with him walking down the street with the cornrows, with the pole, uh, bulldog and, uh, and the windbreaker. Yeah, the fucking it, slick jacket and all that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's one thing I would, I'll say just now because I'm on Davidian, I was going to save it till then. But when Burn My Eyes came out and I fucking heard it, man, like this, like this album fucking changed so much for me. And I don't know, maybe we talked about it in the Roadrunner Records, but this is... The exact like at the time, and for quite a few years after it, probably at least three, four years afterwards, this was what I wanted my band to sound like. I set the template for a lot of bands, I'm sure at the time. This was around then. 
when this came out, this was the exact sound, the exact music that I was looking for. And it was the exact sound and exact music and the exact look that I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it was so fucking huge for me is because it, it was like everything I wanted just all of a sudden came to life. For sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, granted it was, you know, years later, but I mean, fucking, I mean, fuck, I had my hair corn road just to deal with the whole in between stage. For sure. <laughs> you know, and I've got the kind of hair that can fucking, you know, corn rows real nice. Like, but, but yeah, I, it was, and I've had several times where I've corn rode my hair, mostly when I'm growing my hair out. Cause I just can't fucking stand hats. Mm-hmm. Um, Holy and, shit, and, I've never and, seen you wear a hat. I just realized yeah. that. Sorry. Prior, yeah. prior to me cornrowing my hair the first time, I never saw a picture of Machine Head. Hmm. At least I've never – because I'd never seen the video for Burn My Eyes. Or really? The video, or old. I never saw those two videos until fucking probably like 2003 or four. No shit. Well, I didn't see the video for old until like a year or two ago. So okay. like I'd, I'd never seen any videos of theirs. Huh. You know, even even burning red stuff, I didn't see any videos for it. Like, I mean, by that time, I was pretty much done with MTV and whatever. So, mm. but I'd never seen pictures of those guys like from back then. Not not anything with his cornrows. I'd seen pictures of him with his hair down. His hair was long as fuck. Yes. You know, but I'd never seen any pictures of him with the cornrows. You know, and then when I finally saw, I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like I went through this whole thing. It was like, was I secretly just trying to be Rob Flynn? Yeah, yeah, subliminally or uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, I wore fucking khaki pants. I the only difference was is I never wore like Adidas or Chucks or anything like that because where I lived it was really cold. So I always had like you know skate shoes or fucking you know or you know basketball high tops or whatever. That was the only difference. I mean, we we all wore those fucking slick jackets. I mean, you know, corn was huge around there, so right. everybody had the slick jackets and stuff like that and the, the big hoodies and whatnot, but. But yeah, it was like, holy fuck, dude. Have I been secretly wanting to be this guy? It's like, it's like my Tyler Durden all of a sudden just became a, a, a apparent to me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Gotcha. You know? <laughs> Fucking A. And he was a way better guitar player than I was. Fuck, you know, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he is underrated, man. I'll give him that. Oh, he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah. Uh, what else? Now I Lay Thee Down is the only song I have. Okay, so first of all, Davidian's not hired just because I've heard it so much. But uh, same deal with a lot of the stuff on Blackening. I've just heard so much of it. The one that I really go back to is Now I Lay Thee Down. It's just... Is epic the right word? I don't know about epic, but it's got a cool sense of melody. And it's got a bit of a hint of drama to it. Is that, that the one really that's the fucking... Yeah, that one. Like the weird, clean, dirty, clean... Yeah. At the start? Okay. Yep, 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 yep. I uh, I just found out it's apparently about a dude killing somebody and then killing himself. I did not know that until now, but I guess it's kind of implied, at least partially in the title. Um, huh. Again, the only lyrics I really paid to attention to were clenching the fist, or not, uh, no, what is it? The um, aesthetics of hate because it's about Dimebag and some guy that talks shit about him when he died. Like a journalist, not just some random guy on the street. Like some guy wrote an article about good. I'm glad he's dead. Uh, and so Rob Flynn went after him with that song. 
And then the, God, I can't believe I don't remember what song it is, but it's an anti-xenophobic song, and I can't remember the fucking name, and there's only eight songs on there. Dude, but, now I Lay Thee Down has that part in that, I think it's the chorus of the bridge where the bass is all doodle 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 Yes. Like, it's yeah. really cool because, like, you know, Adam gets to, I mean, they all flex on this album, let's be real. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you know, but even, even Adam, who has his moments, you know, mm-hmm. for sure, but... This was one where it was just like really pronounced. Yeah. Um, not just in an intro or an outro, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. There's a little bit of something new and joy. Because I think they have on. the part two where it's not just, it's it's all of them doing the fucking like towards the end or whatever. So yeah. 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 That one specifically is the one where like, like it all comes to a head, but I think he does it a little on the, um, him specifically does it on the chorus. Yeah. I don't know yeah. about, all of the both of the choruses but like he does definitely does it a noticeable amount on one um see i think the one that i kind of tend to go to on the blackening granted i mean like i said i haven't listened to it a whole lot but when i do um halo that's the other one i would say kind of weird i was just like that was one i didn't particularly like when i first heard the album i was more like aesthetics of hate clenching the fist of descent um wolves you know but halo just that fucking um that i mean i really like the way he sings on it but that fucking like that fucking groove on that riff is just nasty oh yeah no that that is my other song on on the blackening for sure it's almost like now i lay thee down but with a little more muscle to it you know right because those are like really the only two songs like that on there the rest are pretty pretty heavy mostly all the way through um and then finally my last honorable mention is going to be imperium because again we touched on it before it's just it's three different songs in one dude it starts off super i don't know about thrashy but it's definitely heavy it gets thrashy at moments i don't get like the bridge specifically i guess and then they even have like some cool guitar harmony stuff going on and then at the end it's just fucking all the picking in the world dude and the double bass i fucking love it dude like it's front to back just a really well composed song a great way to say hey we're back after some times of uncertainty it was a great commencement of of their recent activity and i fucking think it still holds up awesomely uh that's not the only song that's going to appear from through the ashes of empires on my top or well yeah there's there's one more on the top five actually um so how about we get into it? What is your number five? My number five is My Misery. <clears throat> First song I heard of theirs. Right. Um, I kind of explained it before. The, uh, I just, the, I like the lyrics too. Like the drain me of my power, suck me of my strength, strip me of my will to live, my soul you desecrate. Um, but I like this, uh, and if it takes me dying to make some history, then on to you, my suffering will ever, forever burn in misery. Like, fuck, dude. I totally forgot we have mute buttons. Nice. <laughs> I totally spaced that off. But yeah, that was, that to me is, it was really cool because it kind of actually, well, I mean, the whole album, Burn My Eyes, would have eventually, but to be introduced to him on this particular song is kind of cool because it really, does introduce to you that that 
big time alternative element right that Most they've always had you know mm-hmm. um I, what's number five for you or unless you have stuff to say on my misery really it's just that i give it props for being in one of my favorite movies of all time <laughs> even if it's the second half of the credits but it's also my misery parentheses demon night so it's got the name of the movie in right there, sort of i don't yeah. know all right well it's, it does on the soundtrack on spotify it doesn't oh uh, for real i could see that okay yeah. haters all right so off of the blood or excuse me off the burning red i'm going the blood the sweat the tears that fucking song's a pumper dude and like I don't know. It's just down, It's got an awesome pace to it. Everybody points out that disco beat in the uh, in the first part of the verses. I fucking it's it's just fun. I like the chorus a lot. The little thing he does with the bridge with the like, I like it all, man. Because like, <laughs> like- that was it was between that or exhale the vial, and I ended up going with this because I think I listened to it more. Or do I? Now I'm second guessing myself. Oh, it's just a fun ass song, dude. Again, I don't think this fucking album gets enough credit for what it actually is, as opposed to what people think it is. Uh, I think they play this one live still too, right? They play something uh, off of the off of the burning red, and I think this so is it. Hold on to the yeah, end. yeah. Whenever they do it live, he always announces it: the blood, the sweat, the beers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. Really odd on Spotify that. Because they don't capitalize like the small words, like two and the, mm-hmm. this looks weird because it's capital T-H-E, capital B-L-O-O-D, and then everything else is the sweat, the tears. All those mm-hmm. two thes are not capitalized. Interesting. It's really bothering me because I'm that petty. <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. I, I, I've never thought about it before, but That's I probably That's fucking will now. driving me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But... Yeah, out of all the songs on Burning Red, I'd say that's the one I go to the most still. Um, anything you want to add? No, I always liked it. <clears throat> it you know, good banger off the album. I definitely think the album is fucking underrated. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> on that note, how about I think if you were four? to take, okay, I think if you were to take, this is leading right in. If you were to nice. take probably most any bands like experimental albums and and line them up i think this is one of the tops yeah most definitely yeah i could buy that for sure um which leads me to my number four is exhale the vial ah there we go how about that at one fucking 20 here's the fucking that's some of the best use of harmonics it's such a fucking heavy ass riff dude Mm -hmm. you know and it's i mean it's classic machine head sound there's not a whole lot of bands that do that and the reason why is because they did it so much it just became their thing yeah for sure and now anybody that does it after that is you know you just sound like machine head Mm -hmm. but how the bass is just rumbling underneath that fucking little like dripping sound that wet guitar that you know and and he's just kind of like not really whispering but having the subdued vocals yeah you know and then it just fucking kicks back in with that 
It's just that it's oh that's the other thing so he has the fucking like you know right before yeah yeah it's at the end of each chorus i think is what it is you know but then they had the fucking like at the end just like that slight variation and that fucking guitar over top of it like yeah it's it almost sounds like pre-acacia strain style you know where they have that big riff and that fucking really like reverb reverber reverby guitar Mm -hmm. over top of it that haunting panic attack sound yeah guitar you know most definitely i wouldn't be but it's it's so cool like in the chorus you know when he you know so uh where he just like has the and then it's just that like and he has that like that almost like death growl like it's so fucking good dude again like i mean i'm with you i think people see how they or saw or see how they fucking looked when this album came out and are just never gave it a fucking fair shot exactly you know it's it's like it's it's really not that much it's not like supercharger where that's a lot different than what they sounded like previous this Mm -hmm. isn't that different it's a lot more raw production wise yeah but otherwise yeah it's a natural evolution yeah go listen to burning red if you haven't already god damn it a fair shot (laughs) what's your number four my number four, and that's the thing I struggled with because it was going to be this or another song off the Burning Red was going to be way higher and the other ended up being higher. So number four, I'm going with A Thousand Lies. Again, that one, two, three punch, dude, on, on Burning Red is just fucking hard to beat. Uh, so you it's mean, a, uh, amazing to see where things ended where they did. I didn't know this, but A Thousand Lies is apparently about the, the first Gulf War. So... Another topical thing at the time, dude. Rob busting them out. Um, but that little that little dingy at the beginning, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Sets the pace. And again, this is another builder song, dude, where Oh yeah, their intros are like fucking awesome. You know, that's I think that's a thing people I was probably say like I have a problem, and a lot of other people have problem with some of their uh, later stuff. Mm-hmm. Or those in-between ones. So like Burning Red, Supercharger, or those two specifically, was the intros became just like everybody else's intros. It's just we're going to make these weird sounds. Right. You know, or have like this huge fade-in of something. You know, where like um, Burn My Eyes and like fucking even the more things change, like a lot of those intros are like intros. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, fucking Thousand Lives takes about a minute to get into it. Mm-hmm. But it's this huge buildup of an actual riff that ties into the main riff. That fucking bow down, 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 like, you know, then that's when it hits that fucking. Oh, fuck. Yeah, exactly. 
fucking it's just that but it's cool because uh that fucking like at the end that yeah is the shit that they actually start to slow down you know and it's just have you ever heard him do it live uh only i've never seen him live yeah again and i only saw four songs because it was that mayhem so they were you know what i mean so it was a festival slot um, they they really really slow this shit down. Oh yeah, like it's crazy. They'll I, they they don't wait because usually it just plays the whole thing and then it slows it down again the next time. They mm. start slowing it down like in it. Yeah, and it's it gets very slow to the point where it's almost uncomfortable. You're like, damn, dude, where's the fucking note? Yeah, for sure. Like, I you start uh, getting impatient. <laughs> yeah, I wondered if it was on Hello Live. Apparently, it's not. So no, I, I I don't know that I have ever heard a live rendition of this. That's the thing too, man. I like that whole all the new evening with thing sounds cool where it's three hours. At the same time, having only seen four songs in a gnarly outdoor setting, you know, with that energy, like and just like okay, here it is, the four, and then we're focusing on that, and that's it, and like that short burst of energy. I was fucking spent by you know the time that set was over dude like that was a lot packed to do a little bit i think that might have been the perfect way to see him truth be told i think they're the kind of band that could do an evening with because they do have like things like the burning red they Mm -hmm. have i'm your god now they have descend the shades of night they have like a grip of those songs on the blackening that are like you know, long as fuck with these really long instrumental passages. Some of them fucking pretty, pretty mellow. They they have enough breaks, for sure. You know, in in the set to where you know, and honestly, they have a lot of long songs. Yeah, no, hey, they they have. You know, not just of, uh, on Locust and Blackening. I mean. You know, like in the presence of my enemies is seven minutes, descend the shades of night, seven forty-five, like seasons wither, six fifteen or something. Yeah. You know, I mean they they've got quite a few. I'm mean, Blood of the Zodiac's almost seven minutes. I guess well, there's some long stuff on Burn My Eyes too, man. Thousand Lies over six minutes. None mm-hmm. but my own's over six minutes. Uh Death Church. So for them to do an evening with, they can play a long set. But and not even play those fucking mellow ones. But you have to have those. Like, you can't have someone like Hatebreed doing a fucking, you know. Yeah, for sure. An evening with. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, mm-hmm. Although Hatebreed does loses. play really long. Oh, I'm sure they do. You know, yeah. I, it, I just think like after a while, it just starts to lose a little bit of its heaviness when it's just always fucking heavy. Yeah. No, that, that, yeah, Machine Head has those dynamics, especially within just the songs themselves. That yeah, there's just that kind of it. band. Yeah. No, for sure. But fucking, yeah, dude. Thousand Lies. To me, underrated song. And I know it's very well-liked, so that's saying a lot. Uh, uh, you're number three. Mine's like... It's a lot of that. And he's just saying, I want you to know this. I want you to know this a lot. Mm-hmm. It's called, it's violate from the more things change. Nice. You know, and it's just these slow plotting song almost reminds me of kind of them like 
doing like a dip into grunge or not grunge sorry uh sludge you know and it's got that like in the background the the higher guitar you know and it builds up and say you you can't face me and then he hits that face like oh the way he fucking hits that that me part you know and then the fuck yeah 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 oh wow and just how huge those riffs are and my guy, like he's not even saying anything. Mm-hmm. Like that's like old school fucking singer stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's making noises. Yeah, he's what are those called? Vocables. Uh, is you know that what that? it's called? No, I, I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, they're actually called vocables, and that's for anybody that doesn't know that shit. Like you know, people do a la 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 na 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 na. You know, like or or just you know random yes and. It's your. It's called a vocable. It's when you're vocalizing, but you're not saying any words. And fuck, mm. dude, this song is just so fucking huge, dude. You know, it's just, you know, just bow, 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 and i i mean you know and then it you know it's a you know it's like the the uh standard thrash you know um but it i think one reason why a song like this works so hard is I don't know who produced this album. Was it Ross Robinson or Andy Sneap or what? Sneap mixed it or something. More things change. Yeah, that, it was Colin Richardson again. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. so because it's so much grittier, the guitar yeah. sound like has so many more like mid range and they're really chunkier, less buzzsaw, more chunk. Mm-hmm. And then the bass on it has this fucking distortion, but it's like a, it's not a sizzle distortion like like typo negative. It's, and it's not your typical death metal melodic death metal distortion where it has kind of like a metallic sound to it it's got this kind of a crinkle right apparently sound to it it had it mixing was colin richardson and andy sneep so that's interesting okay so 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 it has this different kind of sound and and then the dirty guitar on there which i'm not usually a fan of it really has to be a certain kind of song for that to work but it does have the high buzzsaw sound on the fucking like the shit at the fucking overlapping mm-hmm. everything. So, but, but with the guitar sound and how it builds and builds and builds, it just, it just makes it sound so big. Yeah, most definitely. You know, so when it opens up, like it really fucking opens up, you know, and this is another one where it's like super slow during the fucking verses you know, and like sludge slow. And, and it's one thing that I've always loved about sludge music is it, it causes an uneasiness because I, you, you start to get impatient. Yeah, for sure. And, and you want to know where it's going to go and, and this, and you want it to get there. And, and it's just this uneasiness that I fucking really hold on to for some reason. I don't know why I like that. I, I I've never really thought about it, but I just fucking really do. And, um, you know, and then obviously picks up at the end. It actually ends off pretty fucking fast. I mean, kind of like 
Well, actually, it goes pretty fast. And then it goes into this. There's this whole other fucking bow, do, 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 like another kind of a plotting riff, but it's like way chunkier. Mm-hmm. So it's got a lot going on. And I mean, it's a seven minute, 20 second long song. But the cool thing is like, it has a lot of things going on, but it's not like technical things, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, but for, but for me, the the big thing is how he sings in the, in the fucking chorus. Like it's to me, I think it's some of the best singing stuff he's ever done. It's just so powerful and so perfect. Um, number three for you. My number three is the other song I was going for off of through the ashes of empires. And I'm going with days turn blue to gray fucking i feel that song doesn't get enough dude dude i oh my god hold on okay hold everything mm-hmm. oh it is i fucking hate this song you hate it oh. yeah i can't stand the fucking like the way he fucking sings it and just the melody line Mm. oh i fucking hate it so bad anyway continue (laughs) i enjoy it for what it is i could see how it could be off-putting it it is a weird combination of melody and style of singing i would say but like i like it I, i like i like the composition i like the choruses i like that bridge section uh, I would infer, or not infer, but I would deduce, I should say, that the song is about some sort of strained fam, you know, family relation, which he's talked about in other songs oh, before. Sure. Yeah. I remember seeing the video when it first came out. I don't remember what happens. Um, I remember that he's playing that, you know, V from ESP that he's done in the past. Yeah. I don't even know what kind of guitar he plays now. But... I I remember really liking this one and it's it's one I would go back to every once in a while. Probably more than others off through the ashes of empires. I you know, this is another one of those it's a compositional song. I, from the I love the way it begins. If there's a lot of foreshadowing in the introductions where it's kind of the clean version of whatever song or Yeah. I I literally like the way he wakes the single string with work in that dude. I excuse me. I fucking it's I dig it. I'm still trying to wrap my brain on how the hell you managed to pick probably the one song of theirs I don't like. I mean, other than catharsis stuff, like yeah, it's yeah. literally the one song I just really hate. Sometimes we <laughs> sometimes that happens. Um. I like it. Oh my goodness, man. Like yeah. I <laughs> That'll be the tag it's... on the end of this one. <laughs> Do you like Days Turn Blue to Gray? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Holy shit. Like and I mean I think they do it on the Elegies DVD. Like I know it's like I mean, I know people like the song. You know, mm-hmm. it's like let's find out. I actually no, I can guarantee because I've heard live renditions of it. I don't know if it's that specifically, but I've heard live renditions. Let's see though. I would think so. It's a single. Uh, yeah, Days Turn Blue to Gray, six on Elegies. I got to watch this one day, dude. Like, dude, so good. 15 I actually have in Idaho. If I knew you hadn't seen it, I, pro- I probably would have brought it back. Ah, no worries. I'll get to it one day. Um, let's see. So my number two is Davidian. What's your number two? <laughs> <laughs> so 
So my number two is the one I, that comes... I'm really curious to see where you're going with this because you've already said like a grip of the fucking big songs like as mm-hmm. honorable mentions. So I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, fair. Uh, my number two <laughs> is the one that comes after Davidian, Old. I fucking love this song, dude. It's got that little, you know, premonition of doom type fucking bass line going on. And it's got the weird... He's rubbing the pick against the the side of the string vibes going on, and he's saying oh, yeah. something weird underneath it. I can't remember what it is, but then the main riff kicks in, and it's fucking Groove City all day, dude. And like the verse, yeah, yeah. The verse doesn't let up either. It's just a different form of aggression, and then it all comes back around in the in the chorus and the way he holds up the. Not fucking yeah, dude. Like that fucking yeah. The panel again, down down, 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 um, I think I can't remember what song I said it was in, but it was the fucking um like the the double picking yeah like in like they were really awesome at fucking like like even mixing things in their riffs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like like just picking styles and and, and things like that. And it's, you know, one thing I loved about this video was on the, um, the, the last, I think it's right before the last chorus and there's the big pause. And in the video, he jumps up. Yeah. And then right when he lands, Oh man. Yeah. Which I think this one changes key too, doesn't it? It does. It, it's in, yeah. it's, it's not a bridge, right? It's, it's like, it's right before the final chorus comes in. Right. I think something like that, but it's just like the other thing you're talking about too with the, yeah. Cause he, cause he, the first song, Jesus web, it's yeah, like that's... there's the last one where it's like Jesus web, like it is changes key. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, it, it does. I'm just trying to pinpoint when it's cause there's the bridge where they do it. Da, 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 Right, and then it oh, jumps yeah. into the well, final then, chorus, and boom, that's where it changes key. Like, those are the worst harmonic sounds ever. But, or but all, you can really, all I can really do is make a beeps, but but yeah, that little... Like, it's almost like a slam part, dude. Like Yeah, absolutely. They were... It's cool. They were... What's that? Yeah, that's the fucking burn my eyes so they won't find. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Keep yeah, talking. Man. I gotta look up the lyrics too because like, that's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, when I when I heard the song, I remember listening to it, and I remember thinking like, "Oh, burn my eyes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, like, oh, that's where that comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, let's see. Oh yeah, burn my eyes and try to blind me, bury me so they won't find me. Try to suck my power empty. Got no crown of thorns on me. Yeah, it's like, and then he yeah. just rattles it off, dude. The, the 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 rhythm play on on his vocal lines in this. Yeah, and it builds up, builds up, builds up, and then it pauses, and then it fucking hits the fucking Jesus what? Like yeah, or it, actually no, it hits, it pauses and hits the old man. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where he jumps in the video. Yeah. And it's cool because it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. hard to do in real life. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob, Rob had those good ankle joints back in the day. I don't know about now, but fucking that, dude. Yeah, just like it's another one that gets talked about a lot on A's Revere, but I don't think it's revered or talked about enough. You know what I mean? I fucking love this song. And so, like, it was hard for me to choose between those three songs, those first three songs off on Burn My Eyes, let alone anything on the rest of the record, right? So the placement, I really, really had to think about, but I'm comfortable with saying this is my my second favorite in 2020 as a 35-year-old. Fucking love it. Hope to see it live one day. On that note, what is your number one? Number one. One. You already fucking said it. I can't even fucking believe you said it already, dude. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? It's in your honorable mentions, dude. To me, it's like one of the fucking greatest songs ever written. Imperium. Yeah, fair enough, man. The Again, little clean was... intro. Like, I mean... It, it is like three fucking jams. Like, you know, you have the fucking which is a pinch, like the big pinch squeal, you know, the squeal mm-hmm. harmonic. Yeah. You know, like, and it just kind of goes on that. Like, but there's that, um, and I mean, the, you know, the, the harmonics and the chorus. Um, I mean, there's that fucking piece in the middle where it's like fucking. Like, um, I think it goes into that yeah 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 at that time like that was like fuck dude like mm-hmm. it was just like guitars back yeah absolutely yeah you know what yeah. i mean and it's I, and i mean this is right around the time fucking like you know, metalcore is is coming around, and you're starting to hear those kind of riffs. But you're, they're still, it's still not the main fucking riffs, and it's not certainly not here. Mm-hmm. But when that fucking part hits, plus there's that fucking that triplet breakdown in the middle to the yeah. um, like that. I mean, you you hear that and you're like, okay, Shades of Davidian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not to mention that the whole fucking album just sounds amazing. So the actual, yeah. the triplet part, I think, happens before the little melodic fucking death metal part. You know, that fucking... Like, I mean, McLean's just killing it on the fucking drums on that part. Because prior to this, dude, I don't think we ever really heard Dave McLean get into this shit. Yeah. Because there wasn't a whole lot like this on burning red. The more things change. Um, supercharger. There's, there's not a lot like this stuff. Yeah, that's true. Like, this was like Dave McClain gets to play on something like Davidian. Yeah. You know he finally I mean? gets like, to show off. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, I mean, f- he's just fucking killing it. 
you know, but then uh, the fucking end, that fucking bow that little slide down, like, I mean, to me, that's, you know, and that, that fucking high pitched guitar over top of it, like, I swear, like, I just never really noticed it till now, but it's almost like pre, like pre acacia strain. Yeah, style or you know, and they're not the only band that does it, but like a lot of those down tempo bands do that. Oceana was one of the first ones I remember doing it. it it's this. It's almost the the precursor to that. Obviously, I mean they hit a little bit heavier, but but again, like Davidian, like this end part, which is like almost lasts a fucking minute long. Yeah, if I remember that right. About right, yeah. They linger well, on some parts the, more than well, others. Well, no, because there's the fucking bone. You know, they they end it the same way they started. The bone, bone, the, yeah. So there's that, but the end part that's that's really fucking big and it's fucking heavy as fuck. I mean, that was the thing that reminds me of fucking Davidian on that is like the way it ends, the way it opens up, the way it fucking ends, and how just masterful the fucking song is like i'm not kidding you i i think this is one of the greatest metal songs ever written i would agree you know and it it just fucking blew me away when i heard it because you also got to think too so you start off with burn my eyes and then you go through all the way to supercharger and it's not like i wrote them off but i wrote them off Mm -hmm. yeah you know it was it was just like okay they're they're a whole different fucking thing now yeah you know and then a, f- a couple years go by, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, you you hear, oh, you know, Machine Head's got a new album coming out, and you're kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, and, and honestly, I mean, I'll be fully fucking honest with you, dude. If if I hadn't downloaded it, I wouldn't have bought it. Right. Like, I would have had to have heard this song, or Seasons Wither, or In the Presence of My Enemies, or something. Like, I would have to have known that it's not just Supercharger. Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I would have to know that, and and this song alone is worth any amount of money that anybody paid for this album. Yes, most it's definitely one of those fucking songs to me. And it, it was just like, okay, download the fucking album. All right, whatever. I have it. I haven't listened to it yet. And then all of a sudden, it's like I fucking finally listen to it. And it's like, okay, whatever. This song just like as soon as it kicks in, you're just like, oh fuck like they're fucking back mm-hmm. you know like for sure let's see where this goes and i mean jesus christ dude it's just a fucking amazing song i'm i'm done gushing dude what's <laughs> what's your number one <laughs> i love it too i love it too man um all right so it's been my number one for a long time and i'm going oh, wow. with- okay i'm really excited to hear what this is i'm going darkness within off onto the locust wow really yeah i'm gonna have to listen to it i can't even think of it it's another builder man it's that's the thing is it starts off very 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 solemn there's an acoustic version in fact and it just kind of stays that way throughout the entirety of the song but after the intro on the uh the main version it just builds and builds and gets more epic and it's it's very dramatic and i read i always took it as a, a song about the importance of music in your personal life. Now I'm re- reading about how it's like how he was on tour with Slayer and he just went sightseeing in somewhere in the Eastern Bloc when they were on tour together. 
and he thought that there was all this cool architecture and beautiful like churches and stuff but there was like people doing like heroin on the streets and he thought like how it was gnarly that you know something so beautiful could have something dark inside it and apparently it literally literally means darkness within and there's i haven't watched it but apparently there's a video in that same cathedral he was he was looking at when he came up with the idea and it's the same on the single as a picture of the if it's not the cathedral it's a cathedral but music is up to interpretation and it's about music to me (laughs) so although it makes sense that he talks about something about being in veins now so but um but Dude, no, this man. fucking part on here was like, and then all the Wheatleys, like, oh, mm-hmm. that's yeah, sick. Yeah, dude. I, I've heard the song. I probably, I mean, very minimal. And, and I mean, I bet some of it is probably because that intro, mm-hmm. that build up. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm listening to it like right now as we speak and like, his singing in the chorus of this one is fucking like it's awesome yeah dude the vocal layering on it is exemplary (laughs) dude this this is the height of machine head for me ever since i heard it i guess almost a decade ago like yeah that's fucking sick dude yeah i can't believe i've never seen the video i would have to imagine they played up i would imagine this kills live as like kind of a between the really really you know gnarly or heavier songs like like it's the anthemic one you know right like fucking i so if nothing else i gotta see him live just so i can see him do this because i would assume it's fucking amazing and because there you know it is long apparently there's a there's a single edit and there's an album version and the album version six and a half and that's funny to me that it's like oh no no the the edited version is is almost five minutes it's just like god damn dude because i mean how much can you take off i'm seeing like the acoustic version is 505 yeah and again, I, I like the acoustic version too. It's just basically that same intro thing, the entire thing or the entire time, same pace, same range and all that and acoustic. But like, yeah, man, I fucking love this song. This is, this is the anthem to me. And it's funny. Cause I would, I don't know that I'd be able to tell you what my favorite song would have been before that. It probably would be, I mean, at that time it maybe it was Davidian. I don't know, but things change. Like just, this is just, a beautiful fucking song to me everybody go listen to darkness within if you don't already know it god damn it yeah that one's fucking sick man yep 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 well that is our top five from machine head let us know what your favorite stuff is are you particularly fond of one era more than another is there are you a fan of catharsis like let us know man are you a fan of the direction they're going what would you like to see from them from the future in the future fucking hit us up man we all we got is time at this point uh <laughs> you know hit us up on all the socials i'm at yes it is i david everywhere jason's at jason fitness on instagram but he can mostly be found on our socials at metalist pod on twitter metalist podcast everywhere else like rate review and subscribe tell all your friends tell all your enemies um anything else you want to add um uh, everybody stay safe yeah everybody stay safe take care of each other might be weird for a while yeah fucking black lives matter god damn it yes get that in your head absolutely already everybody be well to each other at the end of the day but until then eat your veggies fuck your prayers see you then
later.